You are listening to the podcast of Ice and Fire, episode 162 for the week of December 1st, 2014. Welcome back, listeners, to yet another episode of the podcast of Ice and Fire. We are the longest-running podcast dedicated to George R. R. Martin's Song of Ice and Fire series. And this week, we start our deep dive into the world of Ice and Fire, uh, which, as you will remember, is the Song of Ice and Fire encyclopedia that was released in October by our friends from Westeros, Linda and Elio. A few episodes ago, we did a primary review of the book, just kind of giving our thoughts on, on the general content of it. But since it's several million pages long and there is a lot of canon to be covered, we are going to do a few episodes kind of uh, covering different sections of it with a little more depth. And as always, this is Mimi. This is Amin. And this is Kyle. And uh, today, given that we're covering the history sections of this book, we're joined by two members of the History of Westeros podcast, Aziz and Ash. Welcome. Welcome to you guys as well. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Now, uh, Aziz has been on our podcast before, uh, but I think this is the first time you've met Mimi, though, right? Yeah, that is right. It was just yeah. you. Yeah, I make rare guys. appearances every 100 episodes or so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Ash, this is your first time here, I believe, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. It's my first time on any other podcast. <laughs> oh. I'm, I'm elusive. <laughs> but do we want to ask a couple of questions that we usually do? Yeah, of course. Sure, then how did you get into uh, Ice and Fire series? Uh, it was a little bit, it was a while, about within a year before the first season started, there was a lot of people talking about it, and I had a lot of friends recommending it to me, and I just picked it up, I started reading it about a month before the show started, and then I kind of read the first book concurrently with the season, which was really good, and then I just devoured the rest, of all the rest of the books the next month. Uh-huh. So you didn't know each other at that point? Um, yeah, we did know each other, actually. Uh, he had recommended me. Uh, it was not his recommendation that got me into the series, <laughs> however. Um, but we then went to Las Vegas together, like, the month or so after A Dance with Dragons came out. And so we were just consumed with talking about it the entire time, of course. Good times. <laughs> <laughs> so who is your favorite character? Oh, it's so hard. There's this great A Song of Ice and Fire character sorter that someone did, um, where you just choose characters, you rate them against each other. It's and like I, flick chart. It's kind of, it's like flick chart. Um, and so I did that. It takes forever, um, which gave me kind of a better grasp of it. It's really hard to compare point of view characters with non-point of view characters. But I kind of figure that if I like a non-point of view character enough that they're on par, then I must really like them. But <laughs> I'd say my favorite character is Sansa. She was number one on um, that on that rating. I had Doran Martell in my top five. I had Arianne oh. Martell. I had um, Arya Stark, Tyrion, uh, and Willa Manderly and Maester Aemon up in my top ten. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so I, I seem to, I, I like the Dornish plotline the most. Well, you are in good company. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, mean, primarily. <laughs> yeah. Filling in well for Ash today, Ash 3. <laughs> Does Ashley like the Dornish? I thought that was just you. Uh, she likes them. I guess she, not, not in, in this particular book, she didn't have the same interpretation. I saw them as badass. She wasn't quite won over, but uh, yeah. I think she still likes the Dornish, though. Yeah, I, I think everyone's Dorn okay with the Dornish, just based I on thought, I thought that the Dornish section in this book was kind of uh, the Dornish Targaryen section to me. There was a lot about the Targaryens as well in the section, mm. uh, about uh, about their letter to Aegon, particularly. The letter. Yeah, yeah that letter. The mysterious letter. I have there a theory about that, about that uh, myself. Huh? Yeah, we might talk about it later. Yeah, I'll bring it up. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember you were tweeting about that the other yeah. day. Cool. 
So, uh, Mimi, right. we're going to, I guess we'll start with me, or what yeah. Yes. Yeah, we'll just get right into it. Normally, we do like a little news section, but fuck it. Um, oh, actually, you don't want to talk about the game? Or do you... No, we have no. Yeah, Let's I mean, just I guess you guys can talk about the game okay. that I haven't played. Well, they sent us a review copy, actually, that or a code that. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah, you probably ah. sent me. It's on the same account, so you can play it. There's a podcast account. I'll send it to you later. I mean, Kyle can play it. There's no Mac version. I don't yeah, know if you Mac have Mac version. PC. Mm, yeah, sounds like some discrimination. <laughs> okay, well, tell us about it, Kyle. It's delayed. <laughs> is there more to say than that? I can't play it. I got nothing to say about it. I can't play well, it. Well, Telltale Games, happy. they're primarily, like, they're well known for doing episodic games, which the Game of Thrones games are, right? Mm. Yes. And, um, or I don't know if they're billing it as Game of Thrones games or Song of Ice and Fire games, but I know they did Walking Dead and Fables, and I had played, I think, the first one um, of the Fables series, but I had heard a lot of acclaim for their, um, their episodic games as related to The Walking Dead. So I know a lot of my friends really liked it. So they're they're more like character-driven adventure games, right? Yes, far I know. Very, very story-based. Um, it's pretty much all story because uh, from what I gather, they're mostly, they're essentially click-and-point adventures. So it's all just about the story. So non-canon? I don't think it is canon. I think it's Game of Thrones-based. So they don't didn't yeah. talk to George a lot about it. It is. Oh, so George had no like creative input on this. Very little, as far as I know. Moving on. Um, <laughs> In that case. Sorry, I mean, did any of you guys play it? I I'd also like if you guys want to no, talk I about thought, it. I thought we were just going to talk about it in our review episode of the game. Yeah, whenever we get to play it, we'll cover. I guess I'm the only person who can play it right now. I do have a PC, so. Oh, I guess yeah. it's probably worth mentioning that Ty Martin's uh, previous personal assistant was a story consultant for the game, mm -hmm. so. Good. Yeah. That's all right. All yeah. right. So, aside from that little blurb about a game we haven't played yet, I guess we can get into the encyclopedia. Is I mean, is this okay to refer to this as an encyclopedia? That's what it is, right? Yeah. That's, 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 I've been like calling that. it that. I didn't know if it was being billed as something else. Yeah. But um, the first part of it starts off as more of a history book, hmm. and then, of course, as you guys are all aware, it starts moving into geography a little bit later. But um. I think the one thing that World of Ice and Fire does very, um, very well is to go back and cover a lot of history that things have, that have been glossed over, things that have been revealed to us through the novellas. Um, but it really just kind of puts it all out there. And we have covered some of this history before in our previous episodes um, when Princess and the Queen and Rogue Prince were released um, from this book, actually. So we've touched on that before, but I guess what Amin is starting with is ancient history, right? Yeah, and I mean, the first point I wanted to bring up and ask you all is, did you find that Yandel is very skeptical in this early part of the book compared to later? Because that's the way I, I saw it. I didn't start reading it this way, but when I first read these chapters, he just he doesn't seem to trust anything, and, and his world is one that has magic. So why is he so skeptical? Seems like a lot of the masters are like that. I guess they're... They kind of tend to poo-poo magical influences. They always choose the non-superstitious answer whenever there's a possible one. But yeah, I, I agree with that. Ba basically, the answer to your question, yes, I do think that uh, he kind of rejects a lot of, which probably shouldn't be rejected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it feels like he writes a lot of that off as like folklore and fairy tales. To be fair, sometimes I think it's deserved because some of these are really ancient histories and they should be taken with a large grain of salt. Yeah, I agree with that. It's, the truth is probably somewhere in between. I think that's kind of what that's kind of where I where I fall on it. Uh, there's I don't believe in the like really ridiculous tales of people living hundreds of years and you know weapons breaking when they hit their skin and things like that. But 
children of the forest giants you know those things obviously we know those are real i mean but but even this man this this maester doesn't even think giants are so what are you gonna do <laughs> i mean there's a talk about what the children did when they broke the uh, arm of dorn and the the neck creating that do you think that they did that no nah, i think those were well the neck maybe yeah i think i think the neck possibly pretty likely but i don't think they did the, the arm of thorn yeah i agree with the natural disaster one that's just that's just mega powerful like wow splitting two continents that's just wow <laughs> i would have thought I, I i would believe that they could do that i mean it's only just moving some water yeah i mean it's not impossible i just that seems like a... <laughs> so I, I i would say that it's possible but i gravitate towards natural mm. especially because the timing he points out that like so many first men had already made it over like why didn't they do that sooner i don't know i could see it going away. it took a long time to decide <laughs> <laughs> yeah get all the green seers together yeah. just, uh, took them a while to get together they argued too much <laughs> I think another primary thing from the early book is just the fact that the long night occurred all over the world and not just in Westeros is something really we didn't we didn't know this before, but it really seems that there's some sort of global phenomenon that that occurs. Yeah, it's kind of like how every culture on Earth has a flood story. You know, like a, right. Yeah. What do y'all think about those ice spiders, though? Are those real? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it is a terrifying thing. Mm. <laughs> What do you, uh, I don't know if we ever properly asked this, but like, or starting with Mimi and Kyle, like, where do you think the others came from? What would, what, what would be your origin theory for them? From hell. <laughs> um, no, I want to know, Kyle, what do you think? Uh, I don't think I've ever given any thought to where they came from. I just kind of took them as some sort of force of nature type of being. They've like always just kind of there. always been there. Yeah, I've, I've never, I've never stopped to think about well, they may have been birthed from something. Well, it's the same question as, like, how? what about the dragons, right? Like, it's this idea that the creatures have always been there. Hmm. True, but talk about the dragons uh, potentially being genetically modified organisms. So if that we never hear them questioning whether the others are genetically hmm. modified. I don't hmm. really think they are, but we see them. They could have come from the ice spiders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ice spiders mixed human equals that. But... GMO, genetically yeah. modified others. Pretty realistic. I think, I mean, there's two main branches. One is they could have just evolved that way, kind of like, you know, Martin's had that kind of thing. You've read Fever Dream, right, Mimi? Like, they, to have, right. like, uh, mm -hmm. things evolve. I mean, you even have children in the forest and giants. These could, they could just be another thing. But the second thing is this. They're so magic-related, so necromancy-related, that they might have been created later, either by the children or some by somebody else. Yeah, I mean, they melt when they're stabbed with dragon glass. That's not really kind of what you think of as a creature that evolved, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's a really shitty evolution. Yeah. <laughs> that, sounds, that definitely sounds magical. Well, and then, you know, and I think in this book it talks about how, according to the tales, they came from the frozen land of always winter. Hmm. Yeah, but I mean, it's also like this whole worldwide thing. Do you think there were others like on the other continents as well? going over there during the, the long night? I was wondering. That I don't think so, because there's no, uh, we don't, in all those all the legends throughout the, the, the book that tells us about all these different cultures and all their histories, there's no mention of, there's mention of thing, you know, ancient evils, but yeah. they take a very different form than the other, there's nothing remotely. I think, like it's, I think it's pretty possible. I think it's possible that it's just been a really long time and their view of what they were has skewed very extremely. But it really that that's the, that exact subject of the long night being everywhere and the five forts uh, being raised to to defend them 
is the thing that has confused me and, and made me <laughs> think about it so much. I, I just, yeah, I, I don't know what to think, basically. I have no conclusions to make. <laughs> One other thing that's pretty important about it is if you look at the a world map, um, if you look at where Westeros is, now, of course, we can't account for any sort of weird curvature. I don't know if it's below the but, <laughs> but Westeros is a lot farther north than Essos. Like, the lands of always winter, there's really no parallel to anything that north or okay. north of the wall, it, apart from, like, Ib. The big island of Ib, but there's pretty much all of Essos is south of that. It's just much more. It's like lined up with like the Vale and south of it. So ah, hmm. uh, it's hard to say. But I mean, apparently the others got as far south as well. I don't know, really far south. So I guess that well, like with the ghost me. grass that grows, hmm. right? Like yeah. they they do talk about that, about that it murders all the grass and glows in the dark with the spirits of the damned, and that one day it'll cover the entire world and all life will end. So I mean, that was something that was indicative of the long night, right? Hmm. Yeah, I think so. I guess it could I, be. I think yeah. It's possibly related. Yeah. Um, I think they they were going all over the world. All over the world, people were fighting them. Different heroes were going up. It wasn't like a single person. It was a joint effort. Yeah, that's kind of that's what that's kind of my read of it too. With all the different names and people in different locations, it can't have just been one last hero. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not sure. I, I'm kind of in the middle now, and I think it might just be one figure that a lot of different cultures have kind of adopted. Mm -hmm. um, it just seems strange that there would be one guy for each culture that would stand out. The one, the uh, I think of it. Maybe, I guess in that sense, I, I agree with you. But when I think of it in terms of you know Jon Snow and Daenerys and Tyrion or anyone that might be at that stand, there'd be multiple figures that would maybe yeah. stand through the test of time. But that's true because it does seem like the the, the main storyline is heading that way. It seems like a couple different people are candidates for some of these prophetic roles. Uh, although some of them are wrapped up in the same character, but yeah, yeah that's, that's a good point. The other uh, big thing from the early book is just this idea of ancient ones that built all these things, like they might have built the uh, chair on Pike, they built something at Old Town, they might have trained the dragons. The strange stone. Yeah. Those yeah, would be the same people, a... right, that would train the dragons, that, that, I, theoretically, that built those things, right, because they use the dragons to get around. Yeah. I never exactly thought about the dragons, I have to say. I, I, that's kind of really interesting to me. I never once considered it. Well, the books suggest that the Ashai were the first ones to have Yeah, dragons, that's true. It's kind of connected to that yeah. idea. I, I guess I considered those ancient ones as not exactly being the Ashai. I considered them being the like a proto-civilization that built that, that went down into Sothorios, that ended up in Westeros, hmm. or started up there. But I don't know. I, I, it's really interesting. I'll have to think about that. Hmm. There's the, uh, of course, a lot of, pretty much all of that is left is referenced to H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah. It's all very Cthulhu. <laughs> so it could just be uh, an ancient, unanswerable mystery, because that's how, that's what the cool stuff kind of is. It's not really, there's no, you know, there's no answer. So George, and then we know George loves to have unanswerable questions, loves to have mysteries that aren't <laughs> no. <really> solved. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think we touched on this before, but why do you guys think that um, the Valerians were the first to tame dragons if they had always existed? Mm. Oh. <laughs> I think, uh, you think they were that's... fucking dragons? Is that what you said? Yeah, that's what they, that's what they said in the book, but uh, <laughs> that's what they speculated. I, I kind of like the idea that they also, that they, uh, you know, genetically modified them, that they did some crazy... Uh, experiments on them that made them more amenable to being trained by them, perhaps. Also, just magic. Just yeah, I, I like the, just magic. our interpretation of everything that happens on of Ice and Fire is starting to sound like it's being written by Gregor Mendel. Just like, <laughs> just like, yeah. yeah, it's genetics, right? Everything is genetics. <laughs> That's what happens. That's why they have all those uh, the pure gold, silver and golden eyes. They're just bred together 
like over and over again to get the look. Wait, so were they selectively much. breeding dragons or were they banging dragons? I just want to make it clear. Like, what's <laughs> the theory? Column a, well, a little from column The dragon blood explains all these like babies that are born that are like have scales and all that stuff. Like there's some sort of input. On the other hand, we have Targaryens being born kind of like that too. Like Rhaegar looked, you know, had scales and a tail and descended. Well, because well, they're the descendant from yeah. the Valerians, right? So right. So there is. Whether the, it seems like there's, I don't know if it's from direct, directly having sex with dragons or anything, but it seems like they're some sort of merging, probably through, yeah, some sort of magic. Some or, sort of magic. Know. Hopefully not sexual. Yeah, hopefully not actual <laughs> dragon on person intercourse. I hope that's what it is. I don't know why you guys think that's a terrible idea. I mean, we physiologically, it seems like a terrible want... idea, but it would also make sense if they say they were born from dragons, right, or descended from dragons. Well, magically put their blood into Somebody them. It was a magical. Happen. Like here, they would, today we use science. They used magic do it like uh but i i think that the, there were people before the valerians that used the dragons they taught the valerians how to use them and then the maesters like well why didn't they conquer well no, not everyone wants to conquer not everyone bothers with that they're they're beyond it yeah i thought that was an odd question i mean Aegon the conqueror the targaryens lived on dragons over 100 years and it took a while for them to do it too yeah. it's not something everyone wants to do but, like my final question for the, <laughs> from the start of the book is like do you think the ancient ones were at all related to the others like might have created them or even became them some of them maybe like because the others seem like through necromancy something you could live forever so maybe they some people wanted to try to do that and hmm. I think that's a strong possibility that they're related in some way. Um, I, I don't know which one I prefer, though, whether they were are them or created them. So I, I, I guess I kind of prefer created. Does does the ancient history section really like clearly define what what is older, the others or the dragons? Hmm. No. No. Not really much. Others talk. It, it's it indicates that dragons are super super yeah. old, um, possibly predating Valyria, uh, but the others. I guess the others pretty much just date to the Long Night, and that's it. But the Long Night is hard to date as well. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. Really, really long time ago. The first men were over there though by that point. So, but I mean, they were there. They existed before that. They just didn't bother to come down. Right. <laughs> Those were the first yeah. first men. Is there anything else uh, in the early book first. that anyone wanted to mention? Well, did you want to talk about the ten thousand? Sure, yeah, I guess that's I mean, the counts that they were there. Because this is quite a lengthy yeah, section. Yeah, I mean, like mm-hmm. until this, I mean, we knew already knew Nemeria was awesome, but even more so from from the book here. I mean, <laughs> the Roynish did their thing with Garen the Great, which when they tried fighting the Valyrians, but you can beat a few dragons, but three hundred are a little hard to fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was nice to see her counseling against war there, even though she couldn't really do much yeah. to stop them. She knew that they couldn't win, and she was right. Yeah. But I mean, it's the Roynish influence that makes Dorne great. Like, I mean, the Dorne still had good stuff, yes. but it's, yeah. the, it's the Roynish part that really does that. And so sure. she goes on a, this whole voyage to go there, kind of like, uh, it kind of reminded me of the different voyages in the past, like uh, the people that supposedly founded Carthage from... Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, pa- I, what is his name? Aeneas? Uh, oh, yeah, Aeneas was there, too, but uh, Dido was... It, yeah. Queen, Queen Dido, yeah. Because she has such, I mean, here they have such a long route. Like, we think they just go straight to Dorm, but they don't. They go all over the place. Yeah, yeah they go to some, it very conveniently go to some really cool places that uh-huh. helps the uh, story go along. I love the, I love the, the Sojourn in Sothorios with the Yin, which seems to be made of that same stone that the Seastone yeah. Chair and all these other things we were just talking about. And uh, that seems to be really connected to Ashai. You've got the whole notion of nothing lives or grows inside it there's no no the jungle won't grow like sothorius is overrun with jungle but yin there's no the jungle hasn't grown into it at all that's that's just really creepy 
Yeah, so she gets to gets to Dorne and marries Mors Martell, who was just a minor lord at the time, but their alliance is what unifies Dorne. It takes decades to, to do so, and, and Mors Martell even dies, and Nymeria keeps going at it. But it's her, I mean, she's if there's one person who made Dorne, it's her. Yeah. Yeah. She must have been lived to an old age. She got yeah. started early because she's, she's. I mean, she was already rule, ruler in uh, ruler in Dorne, and I mean in uh, in 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 Roin. The Roin. Nysar. Nysar. That's Nysar. right. I couldn't yeah. think of her city name. Yeah. And uh, then she does all these different stops and all these different places where they try to live for who knows how long <laughs> each time, a couple of years or more in some cases, and then comes to Dorne and then yeah. does all that. Yeah, yeah that's well, a long. I'm surprised she didn't uh, have any previous children at that point when she got to when she got <clears> to. <throat> and married Moors. Um, maybe, yeah, I guess that's that, that fits in with the, the idea that she was pretty young. When she, yeah, pretty she, young, uh, a lot inherited. of women, none of the men were suitable for her. Yeah. I don't know. She, <laughs> she had two more husbands after that, including a boy toy, Davos Dane, yes, at the she end. Did. So. <laughs> yeah, that was... <laughs> it must have been a big age difference there, yeah. right? Girl. Yeah. <laughs> and she had a son by him as well, yeah. but then it's her first daughter that rules. Even by that point, the, that custom is taking their, making Doran special, yeah. so... Yeah, I didn't. I, we knew that they had. They were kind of ahead of Westeros in terms of culture and stuff like that. But we, I, I didn't really know that how far ahead they were in a lot of just technology and craftsmanship as well. That's pretty. And cool. part of it was it yeah, just makes like sense I mean, most of their it. men had died already, so they were mostly women when they came there. So by necessity, this huge influx of powerful women came into Dorne. So. That's true. Mm-hmm. And of course, Nymeria setting the example. They're like, yeah, well, no one's going to go. Women can't rule after that. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how Arya likes her. Right? Did you have any comments on her, Speaking Amy? A... No. <laughs> Sorry. Not, not, on the, not on the glorious Nymeria. She speaks for herself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I just I do enjoy this uh, Dornish propaganda. Show, <laughs> <laughs> I just like the water bender. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the fun, shooting up their funnels or whatever. Yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> do you think that was they were using some type of device or was it actual magic? I feel like it's yeah. magic. I, consi- I mean, considering the the whole curse of Garen and the, we've seen that that river is definitely cursed with, with Tyrion. We saw it firsthand with Tyrion. That seems clearly magical, so yeah. I can buy that the, the Ronish had magic. Plus, they, they they knowingly took on dragons and they had to have some... Mm. Uh, it feels like they had to have some sort of fight back against that. Yeah. <laughs> well, do y'all think the curse of Garen was what spurred the doom of Valyria? Hmm. No, I think... Uh, this is a, That's a good question for us. We just did our doom of Valyria episode... So we have a lot of thoughts on that. I, we, I think it was the Faceless Men. Um, the Kindly Man kind of admits it to Arya that it was them. And then there's some more clues for it in this book. Um, the timing of Bravos revealing itself really coincides with the Doom of Valyria. Because, you know, you know Bravos kept, 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 its, kept its location hidden for about 100 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, there's curious mention in this book of when they revealed themselves, the Iron Bank sent a delegation to Valyria to pay for... Uh, pay for, for the, the ships, ships that they yeah. stole when they founded Bravos, and but, but was not paying for the slaves of course because that's them and then there's a bit later they talk about how uh, the doom was possibly caused by the, the sorcerers of the freehold who were in charge of holding back the volcanoes from blowing up and too many of them got assassinated and oh. the maesters here talk about how it was probably the, the, the valerians fighting each other that did that but they specifically mention assassinations of key sorcerers and that sounds more like the I mean, you think of who who's assassinating people. Well, that sounds like the faces. So true. The true. line from Feast for Crows is we the the um, Arya asks about you know is, is hearing the story about them, and she says 
uh, she finds out that the the first faceless man was killing off the, the slaves in the mines, and she gets she's like, "What? Why would he kill the slaves? He should she should they should kill the masters." And and he says they would bring the gift to the masters, but that is a story best told to no one. And of course, they're all called no one. That's what the faceless men call themselves. Who are you? No one. That's what, that's like the next line. So that's pretty cool. It's pretty sneaky, but I think that's what's going. On. Oh. Little little yeah. segue there. Well, I mean, Bravos oh, wow. is pretty awesome. They they were founded by slaves from the Jade Sea and the Summer Islands or Summer Sea. So there there's Asians there, Mimi and Bravos. Yeah, that's why the Moonsingers are the biggest religion there. The Moonsingers and Bravos are from all the way over from Jogosnai, and that's mm. past the Bone Mountain. So that's east. Are those of the, the guys with the Zorses? Oh, right. Yeah. Yes, Kyle. Yeah, so that's why that religion. <laughs> Zorses. <laughs> Where did they come from? They're a force of nature. <laughs> <laughs> always existed. Kyle's a Zorses. Kyle's a from Jogos Nye. Doesn't believe yeah. in Zorses. Other people were banging them too. <laughs> yeah, sorry, that's my contribution to this episode thus far. Banging. Just hypothesizing like which things were being banged into existence. So sorry. But I do appreciate it means the angle to get me, you know, to comment on the content like Mimo, you haven't said anything for five minutes. Let me just throw the word Asian out there, see how you feel about it. Oh, I have an appreciation as well. It was mm, yellow fever podcast right now. But yeah, do you did you guys want anything else from ancient history that we want to cover before we get into the reign of the dragons? There's so much. Yeah, yeah maybe we should I feel just, like we just talk for days and days yeah, and that's, I mean, that's kind of why I figured we'd have to cover this book just a little at a time, because there is so much to cover. But alternately, like, even though we are getting this ancient history, we are getting this canon, it feels a lot like our reading of the Rogue Prince with just um gross-ass mushroom with his nasty rumors. Like, there is a lot of stuff with ancient history that it's like, yeah, some people thought this happened, but a lot of other people thought this happened. So it's not like we're really not getting some of this answer, some of the answers on these finer points of history. And even when we go through the Targaryen reign, the way that some Targaryen kings died or like, you know, these like nuanced bits of history are still left open-ended. One thing, I, I, I agree with that, but there is a couple of clues. Um, there's a couple of the sources that, that are more reliable than others. The, the mushroom, I think, is actually pretty reliable, although he's... I think his I think his lascivious rumors are exaggerated, but they have more truth than you'd think. But the guy who's... Uh, yeah, I agree with that. But the, the guy who's almost always right is Septon Barth. If you see the name Septon Barth uh, attached to a story... And the the this the the author Maester Yandel he's usually down on yeah. Septon Barth because Septon Barth is big into magic. So, but Septon Barth is almost always right. So, if you see that his name attached to a dia a debate in the book, you should probably lean towards Barth being. Right. <laughs> We're actually going to do a whole episode on him. There's uh, he was he was hand to King Jaehaerys for like forty years, and Jaehaerys, wow. of course, was the best king of Westeros. So. The old king, right? Yeah, the old king. The conciliator. Didn't Baylor burn all his books or something, or? Baylor did burn all his books. Yes, what a jerk. Yeah. He's the one who wrote on the properties of dragons. Maester Aemon had a high regard for him. Yeah, I don't want to get too sidetracked on that, but <laughs> pro tip, trust Septon Barth. <laughs> all right. Good advice. Oh, I guess one one question I did have from here is what's up with the, the Isle of the Green Men or whatever? The Isle of Faces? Like what are the Green Men? Ooh, <laughs> it's like Hulk World uh, from Marvel Comics. But they, they held out even against the Andals. Like, even the Andals are scared to go there. It's a bunch mm. of guys green man suits that, like, Charlie Kelly wears. Green men. Just a bunch of those. <laughs> they throw Last balls. thing I thought I would hear on this podcast is always sunny. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, yeah good question because nobody really goes there after the, well the ravens come at you if you go there. there like a flock of ravens will chase you away mm. or a flock mm. of seagulls they play <laughs> music and no one wants to go near that <laughs> no thank you ah they're playing bad 80s music steer clear of that island right, Get uh, up. <laughs> but are they still there um, I think so. I think so. Yeah. I would. I think I so. I think so. But uh, I read an interesting theory um, by uh, Nobody Suspects the Butterfly, where she talked about how you know we learned that they that um, Rhaegar and Lyanna met up, you know, within a certain amount of I forget how many leagues. ten leagues. Ten leagues of Harrenhal, and she calculated out how many how much ten leagues would be just about, and it falls. Isle of Faces falls right in the range. Maybe they met right on the shore, or, or like before the lake, but yeah, in general, that's there. a great question. Where did Rhaegar and Lyanna meet? And it uh, might be related to yeah, the it's perfectly in the radius. Especially because we know that the story of the Night of the Laughing Tree and the tournament in Harrenhal involves Howland Reed going there, apparently. Yeah. So there's a tie-in to that whole thing if he's involved somehow. Mm. So. Yeah, Bran might see both, might get so many answers all at once, Rhaegar and Lyanna and the Green. Another, there's yes. another, this, I guess it's a bit of a segue, but the other thing that's cool about that is we learned a little more about the tournament in Harrenhal, and it shows that Brandon was probably going to get married pretty soon after, so that's why Lyanna was still hanging around in the south. That's why, you know, she wasn't, she didn't just go back north, so it kind of explains. It's not like she went all the way back to Winterfell, and then came back down, and then went off to Rhaegar. It seems like they, they were... did have a, a wedding party coming down, so... Did they? Yeah, I thought okay. they were. They were coming down, and that's why we, if they were going to River Run, it would be weird for her to... Huh. Yeah, they, there was definitely a, a wedding okay. party. Okay, I guess down. I could... Well, Elio like, said that I, she I, just I, probably, I, she was sticking around, like, she doesn't have to go back, She's, she could just be visiting Harnhall. Yeah, she just maybe 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 the, the, the majority of maybe like Rickard and most of the family went back. Maybe Liana stayed around because she wanted to hang out with Rickard. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty good excuse. Yeah, just say that. <laughs> yeah. It's like I've got I'm gonna hang out with Howland Reed, but actually she wants to hang out with Rhaegar. <laughs> the dragon up front. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of dragons, should we get into the yeah. age of Mimi? Sure. Totally down. Um so this was the Reign of Dragons section that Ashley was supposed to do. Just calling her out right now for not being here because she has to work like a normal person. Um, but yeah, this was an interesting section because we talk about the conquest. Um, and uh, and this is something that we we have talked about. I mean, we've, we've read about in the books proper before. But the history of the conquest is fairly complete. And in this section, um, Linda, Elio, and George actually review the exact history and the timeline of the conquest and how each of the seven kingdoms or six of the seven kingdoms at least were um, conquered by Aegon, which is, I think that when I had been, when I'd read about this before um, prior to this book, I kind of assumed that Aegon just showed up in Westeros and was like, what's up? I'm here to take all of this. And that's not really what happened. I mean, I just figured he showed up to Westeros with a bunch of dragons and just, you know, wanted a lot of land. Uh, but it looks like this whole thing was spurred. And first of all, the fact that his actual conquering took place before the date of the conquest. The actual start date was probably 2 to 1 BC because the date that they start marking as AC after conquest was um, actually when he was coronated at King's Landing, right? Yeah. It was. It took place or, two or years it at, after uh, his actual land. King's Landing or at uh, Old Town? At Old Town, he was crowned. Okay. Yeah, his it, he his his followers dated to the beginning to when he landed, but he officially designated his crown. Yeah, that's why we have A L and A C that we've yeah. seen. Two different indications there. 
And so, and one of the things that I think I, I sort of misunderstood too was that I kind of just assumed that Aegon left Valyria and came over here, but that's not what happened, obviously. Um, because 12 years before the Doom of Valyria happened, Aenar Targaryen moved over to Dragonstone. The Valyrians settled Dragonstone 200 years before the Doom, and Targaryens came 100. House Valarion came ahead of time, and Celtigar came maybe around the same time, and I think that's all for the, that's all the Valyrian houses came, I believe. Right, those are their allies, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it looks like Lord Aenar's daughter, Daenys. Daenys? The Dreamer had foreseen the destruction of Valyria by fire of Get Shades of Cassandra over here. For um, once they got it right, though. Like, they actually so... got the right dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for all the Targaryens just being really shitty at interpreting it. Uh, I think this one was probably fairly easy to interpret. Just everything is blowing up, so we should probably... Dad, we gotta go. Yeah, this doesn't look <laughs> good. A... Just a million volcanoes. That would be a hard dream to like just accept. Yeah. Okay, you see everything blowing up. I have nightmares too. <laughs> but... Man, that's well, like Jor-El. Was... He's like, yeah, yeah but she knew what I had for breakfast everybody. yesterday. Yeah, but there's like there's something to a father yeah. that's like, yeah, okay, sure, let's just sell everything and completely just uproot because uh, you had a nightmare. Yeah. yeah, she must have been right about a lot of other things because that's that's a good yeah. point. Uh, Valyria was insanely rich and built by sorcery and it was kind of the center of everything. Leaving that, yeah. you got to really believe. You got to really buy into the. Reason. Well, they were Targaryens are made <laughs> fun of too from doing that move. Like people are like, oh, the Targaryens, and then yeah. everybody else died. Yeah, jokes on them. Who's laughing now, suckers? <laughs> yeah. Where did the Targaryens rank in like the power, the hierarchy of the uh, Valyrian? It said family. they were pretty low. It said they were there were forty. Well, out of the Dragon Rider, it was like forty Dragon Rider families, and the Targaryens were not. Yeah, we know the two of them. Middle we class. Know the Targaryens <laughs> and the Pelarises. <laughs> but the there, apparently, there were a couple of Valyrians that survived the the Doom, but just got killed afterwards. Like. Yeah. 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 There were a couple of dragon. There's like a dragon at um Cohor or at Cohor, and then maybe a couple at Pentos and things like that. But yeah, they were all torn to pieces. <laughs> so we get Aegon out of this situation. Um, he married his sisters, as we both know. And there was there's a there are more politics to that than I originally anticipated, right? Um, his his affection for for Rhaenys and then his like intolerance of Visenya, I guess, out of tradition. But and, and we get into this a little bit later. But the, they start off talking about just kind of the different powers that were holding the Seven Kingdoms at this time. And it was interesting because I was reading this about King um, Argilac. Yep. Argilac. Argilac the Argent. Yeah. The, the last of the Durandans, and I was like, yeah, I've never heard of that house, but, you know, there is a reason why I've never heard of that house. <laughs> because he is a dumbass. So this whole situation gets spurred, right? He is the Storm King, and um, because, I guess, Black Heron's on his borders just, like, threatening him, he's like, hey, Aegon, uh, why don't I give you my daughter, and you can help protect me? And Aegon's like, nah, dude, I'm good. I've got two wives already. <laughs> Um, but my buddy over here, Oris, Oris Baratheon, yeah, he's my friend. He could totally marry your daughter. Uh, but Argilac, henceforth known as the Arrogant, um, was not about that life because Oris Baratheon was apparently a bastard. Or not bastard, right? But baseborn? He was kind of like a great bastard. Uh, bastard, I guess half a bastard. Same thing. We don't really know exactly what, it's just rumored if he was, you know, a Targaryen, some sort of Targaryen bastard, or, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm assuming he had some sort of highborn. He was Aegon's brother, right? That's what the rumor is. Yeah, supposedly, yeah. 
I like to think that the uh, this whole beginning mm. to Aegon's conquest just came with this envoy yeah. who got his hands cut off. Like, yeah, six six kingdoms. He was willing to make hands. a deal though, right? Because like. Aegon made a counter deal. If he had accepted it, then he might not have gone for the whole kingdom. That's true. But he also had he he was also the one who carved the painted table. It seems like he had some ideas. Well, it would have worked out better yeah. for the Durand anyway. Yeah, he, I think some of it was. I think he definitely did some clever maneuvering. I liked his plan overall for uh, as to how he proceeded mm. for Heron first. He's the guy that no one's gonna no one's gonna help for him. No one's gonna be like, oh, let's let's help Heron. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly worked right. out better for the Durandins than it did for the whores or yeah. the gardeners. Yeah, well, the whores were just ruined from the beginning. Just bites so. <laughs> yeah. So bad if you're reading, but when you're saying it constantly, whore, whore, okay. yeah. It's like, <laughs> that's why he called himself Heron the Black. He's like, don't call me Heron whore. Call me whore Hall is great. Like, fit, so, yeah. yeah, I just like, but I really like the idea of George going like, mm, what's a house name that I can throw in here that those man Woody idiots would just really get a kick out of? Well, duh, house whore. Well, right? if, if they had a marriage, it'd be the man whore house. So <laughs> it could have been, uh, but. Yeah, no, you're right. It was a good strategy to go after Heron first because nobody liked that yeah. dude. So, but again, he definitely had the most uh, well defended. Yeah, and then he and then he turns and then he goes for the the next biggest. He goes for the the throat by attacking the next two biggest guys who were fighting the strengths. You know, the, the two westerns. Yeah. Meanwhile, while sending dragons elsewhere to go ahead and why 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 would he send everything at one or two kingdoms when he can conquer four at one time? <laughs> <laughs> It makes oh. it, it almost seems easy. Sends, he only you know, conquered like, three at one time. That's he true. Did, <laughs> he did not get torn. <laughs> and you, you see the, like, you hear these houses that um are the opposition to the Targaryen host, you know, and you were like, what are any of these houses, right? Errol, Fell, Buckler, just like. Hmm. They did. Uh, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> what are you thinking? Well, the Lannisters are lucky to, to still be allowed to stay. I guess if they had died. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. When I read about that, when I saw that, when I think he was trying to, what, take the Reach? He fought both he, of well, them. They, yeah. they fought the Field of Fire. Yeah, they fought them together. Right, with the Field of Fire. And I, I saw that um, <laughs> the Lannisters had aligned themselves against the Targaryens. And I was like, wait a second. That doesn't sound mm. right. But... <laughs> They, uh, they, they, they learned their lesson yeah. pretty quick. The, but the detailing of the fall of Harrenhal, though, that was mm. intense. Yeah, they even, we even got that conversation and everything. I mean, I we hear about that... it time and time again in the books, but it just, yeah, but the actual conversation. That... Yeah. And that was such a big deal, him spreading all the other kingdoms heard what happened in this huge castle. Uh, they all, I'm sure they all heard about the castle that was being built. It took 40 years to build, and Heron, you know, spent all this money on it and time and and then the dragon just destroys it in one day. And we're like, all so right. So many people must have been laughing at him. <laughs> yeah. Bobby yeah, while also here. quivering. You know, yeah. Well, he's coming for us next. Yeah, he didn't make very many friends. I'm sure they were. I, I love, particularly get a, a laugh out of how we hear when we read the history of the veil, there's all, there's just so many attempts to take the veil. Like all these different <laughs> armies like shattered themselves in the bloody gate. All these different things happen. Nobody succeeds. And then Visenya just does it <laughs> by herself. <laughs> she just flies up to the top and says, "Hey, I'm here. Look, look what good your your castle on a mountain was." Okay. Has and the veil get... always just been presided by like a like an overbearing mother <laughs> and like a? There's, there's a lot of female like... leaders in the veil. There, there have been, yeah, a lot of queens. Yeah. yeah. 
I, I love the symmetry between Ronald Aaron there and Robin because the, the line we get is, can I fly with the dragon? And, you know, sweet Robin's all, I want to see the bad man fly. And then it gets dark because Ronald does later get thrown out of the door. Himself. <laughs> <laughs> so, whoops. Oh, and remember, Tyrion promised funny. to That's... come back with the veil. So if he gets a dragon. <laughs> he did. Oh, wow. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. If, he's, if he comes a, becomes a dragon rider, ooh, yeah. <laughs> That'll be bad for the gentleman. Uh, <laughs> But at least um, the Durand and the Storm King dies possibly in, in the yeah. best way. <laughs> that someone so stubborn can die, right? Well, Robert is still descended from him through the female line. Mm -hmm. It's true. And they certainly yeah. have that look. Robert yeah. has the Robert has the Oris's look. Hmm. But uh, yeah, I don't know what I don't know what um what qualities the Durandans passed along in that. They age. took their banner, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the sigil and the yeah. words. The stubbornness. Yeah, oh yeah. That, yeah, Stannis that, got the like stubbornness. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Well, yeah, because not only was it the king doing that, but his daughter yeah. was like, no, no, just kill us all, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and I like that little aside there about how... Um, <laughs> How her men turned on her and delivered her naked and chained up to Oris Baratheon, but he was like being a good dude about it. Gentleman, real, yeah. real nice guy there. Relatively nice, right? The he still forcibly a, married her and killed her father. But... Well, the father was a duel. I mean, it <laughs> yeah. was a fair fight. Wait, I don't. Yeah, think that's true. That's true. Forcibly married her. I didn't say that. No, no he, well, he married like... her. I don't know if she. I doubt well, she went I, along with it. I mean, I think it must have worked out. It's like Danny and Drogo. I mean, Drogo was smart enough to try to like be polite because otherwise she can kill you in your sleep. That's true. I guess she must have ended up liking him because she didn't kill him in his. <laughs> yeah. Well, when he had one hand too, remember? He gets his hand chopped off later. By oh, the yeah, door. later on, yeah, he gets his. Yeah. That's true. I guess he was gone for a lot of that. Like by by four years into it, he would have been captured by the Dornish, and then he would be gone for three years, and then he'd come back a totally different guy. So yeah, yeah. by then he did have sons, though. I guess he had uh, two. Uh, I forget the son's name, but. There were I like how uh, <laughs> how Shara Aaron just uh, sends Aegon a real outdated, misleading <laughs> photo of herself. Just <laughs> trying to catfish him into marriage. Yeah, but apparently she was the most beautiful uh, in her youth. So like those beautiful yeah, Aaron queens, a few of them, and then they have Lysa. <laughs> yeah, so there's a recurring theme here of people just trying to like offer themselves up for marriage, or offer their daughters up for marriage to Aegon, and he's like, you guys, I already have two. Like, I don't need your daughters. <laughs> yeah. Um, because he is like notoriously faithful to yeah. his two wives. Although Rainus <laughs> might not be to him. Yeah, it's interesting to think about that. That's the, the possibility that Aegon was infertile. Hmm. Um, well, here and there's a, that's I think that's a really cool theory because what's funny is he 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 goes ahead with the conquest when he's 27, right? He's been married to these sisters for a while, and he doesn't have a child until anis is born in like 4 ac so he doesn't have his first kid until he's like 30 and this is the opportunity for rainies to cheat on him came after the conquest because that's when he was going all over the place but when they were living together on dragonstone there's no chance for that and then visenya is all about dark sorcery and magor was infertile and crazy and everything so there's no guarantee that that was legit <laughs> or that she didn't use magic or something you know so eh, maybe nobody is descended from Aegon the conqueror yeah just throw it throw it all well, his, his legacy yeah. is more political kingdom. uniting the kingdom is more important than having kid yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But, but is I it do. though because like because I feel like everyone says that Rainus took up with other dudes, mm. right? But didn't her son like 
I don't know. Have the look. Wasn't yeah. he clearly like a dragon rider? Yeah. Yeah, but she was. So was she. So I mean. Yeah, a lot, a lot of half Targaryens, and so did Rhaenyra's kid. Yeah, it would have had to be a Valerian or something like that. Yeah, that, that's that's a good point. Like if it, it certainly wouldn't have gone well for Rhaenys if she had given birth to a dark-haired child. <laughs> yeah, know, yeah I think if like, she was... where did the dark hair come from? That both Aegon and her have silver yeah. hair. Yeah, people of... might have just been slut shaming because she was so nice to everyone. Yeah. It's true as well. That's true. Or just someone had an axe grinder. Um, Torin Stark, though, the king who lost the north or whatever. Yeah. Oh, he b- um, bent the knee. Or whatever. Yeah, it's better than so, losing the north. That's right. <laughs> right. No. Uh, yeah. Bend none the of knee, the lose the north. Yeah, same thing. He got to keep the north. <laughs> but um, I think it's interesting that he sends his bastard brother, Brandon mm. Snow, to go treat with, uh, I guess, with Aegon. Aegon directly. I guess so. Or Aegon's yeah. representatives. <laughs> right. He may have so had his own it's, Kind of interesting to see that Stark line and the Snow like bastard brother has kind of been a thing, um, but okay. So the veil was taken super easily, but let's talk about Dorne. Let's talk about the hypnotoad of Dorne. <laughs> <laughs> that was more a yellow, cool exchange. More yellow fever here. <laughs> no, I mean she. This is really we had talked about this before about Maria Martell and what a badass she is. Yeah, um, but this this painting that's done of the meeting of um, of Rhaenys and Maria is is really powerful. I like it. Yeah, that's one of my favorites in the whole book, actually, if not my actual favorite. Uh, I think that's my favorite of Magali Villanueva's work. She's doing the 2016 calendar. Oh, actually, she's the first female to do it to oh, do the nice. calendar. Um, she did, uh, you know, a ton. You can, you can. Her style is very distinctive. You can recognize every one of her portraits. She did all the. She did all Aegon's mistresses. The Aegon the Fourth's mistresses. As yeah, well. and Magor's wives, and, and yeah, but, yeah, but yeah, the Mary the Martell is so great with the sun. The feet, sun's feet. It's so good. Yeah, I like the the really dramatic lighting that they use in this too. Um, so Raina's just left. That's it. So like, she's coming back. Yeah, she just. Yeah, she's like, I, I got to go talk to my brother about this. I guess she was. I think they were expecting. She was expecting yeah. them to surrender, like the Vale uh-huh. did, like the North did. She said, "Look, we just kill. We just took out everyone. Uh-huh. Are you are you seriously not going to surrender?" And they're they're like, "No, we're not." She's Do you like, think it would have been different right. if someone else had gone to Dorne though? Because you did. They did send Rainus. I mean, she's good for nothing. She like. No, but she had a dragon. Dorne, right? Like she's not <laughs> she a had warrior. A dragon with her. <laughs> she had a dragon. She was. Uh, it, it, it is possible. Yeah, maybe if they had sent Visenya, you know, Rainus could have easily been very nice to Ronald and Visenya would have maybe been a little more menacing to Maria. She might have reacted differently. I don't think they would true. have they would have changed the end result though. They wouldn't have submitted so Yeah. Maybe maybe Visenya would have immediately burnt her though. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean it just it just begs the question as to w- what exactly transpired that they were like, yeah, okay, well they said no, so we're just going to leave. Like that is well, weird. They, well, I think that they they couldn't bring an army really yeah. quickly because you have to, you know, the Dorne is hard to invade. So they were hoping to intimidate them. And then Dorne's like, we call yeah. your bluff. You're not going to, this isn't going to be easy for you. Yeah, they knew their own people, too. They knew that, like, remember what happens in the con- in the Dar- Dar- young dragon, Daron the first, when he tried to conquer Dorne? And he took, when he did successfully conquer Dorne, he took hostages from the nobles, which that's standard practice to keep them, yeah. them keep them in line but that didn't work because the dornish peasants weren't going along with it. and you can't really there's no one to execute to to punish them they just they're just everyone <laughs> <laughs> so i think i think that's what was happening back then as well as dornish common folk were like no 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 yeah. well they had traveled so far yeah, to get there the ronish right they took it was just like this far and no further mm-hmm. type mentality yeah 
But I mean, Rainey's could have just chosen to just burn Sunspear right then and there. I mean, easily. I, I feel like they wouldn't really have wanted to cooperate with her even less, but uh, that that would have been a strategy. Just burn their Well, capital. they tried burning stuff later, though. It would have been a blood and morale. <laughs> they burn everything except for Sunspear later on. So, yeah, I don't know. It was just kind of interesting, and I wondered what that deal was. And then we do know that next time Rainus goes back to Dorne, she dies there, right? Yeah, or reported yeah. anyways. I have my theories yeah. that we'll get to. Do we know what happened there? Well, Miraxis dies, and then Rainus is reported dead. But I think that she was survived. I mean, there's even rumors in here that she survived. I think there's, and then I have I developed that like within the Dornish letter theory. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I do think that yeah, they kept her a prisoner. That's just it's yeah, that's just so smart to do. I actually, if we if we want to talk about that now, we can talk about it now. But um, because I disagree. Wait, do, do, you find, do you mind if we talk about it, Mimi, or or no? Like, have you read the, about the Dornish letter? I'm very bothered. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, okay, well, I'll put my theory out there. I mean, if, that's later, though, but it's related to now. Do you want to jump to that page? Yeah. It's yeah. Really what page is it on? It's because uh, it has a nice artwork, so. I think it's, it's in the... It's in the Dornish section, Dorn yeah. Section. Yeah, well, no, that's why I was saying a lot of the Dornish section. Well, if you want to touch on it now, you Let's can. Let's do it, yeah. I, I was just saying, if you want to turn to that page, you might want to turn to that page because it has image as well. Well, basically, like, later mm -hmm. on, Rainus comes back. They have this whole fight with the Dornish, a long, grueling fight. Meraxes dies. They think Rainus is dead. Aegon burns a lot of Dorne, and, and then uh, Dorne sends out peace feelers to Aegon to, to see if they want to make peace. Uh, Aegon doesn't want to, but then they give him the letter. He reads the letter. He squeezes his hand so tightly. Either he like cuts his hand on the Iron Throne, or just his hand itself, like his nails dig into his own hand, and he starts bleeding. And so he read something in that letter. He immediately leaves, goes to Dragonstone, comes back the next day, and then agrees to peace. So something in that letter that he burned right away, information doesn't want loss, made him do that. So my basic theory was, like, he went to Dragonstone for a reason. And, like, in, in the book, it kind of speculates that Rhaenys might be alive, and she might have been uh, tortured, and then they were offering to put her out of her misery. I don't think that's enough. I think she was alive, maybe tortured, they got information from her, something about Dragonstone, something that went missing. He went to Dragonstone, took a look, it's gone. Either a dragon horn or dragon eggs were stolen from Dragonstone, comes back, and agrees to the peace terms. So uh, that's what I think was stolen. Uh, I don't know if it's an egg or if it's the horn, um, but I think definitely that Rhaenys was alive and she gave that information. Now, since I came up with that theory, I looked elsewhere, and, and there's another idea that maybe Rhaenys wasn't tortured, but she actually like willingly gave up that information and she wrote that letter and went over to the Dornish. That may also be a possibility, but I think there was something missing from Dragonstone. That part I can agree with. I The only thing I disagree with is that Rhaenys was, was kept alive for a while because if they wanted to use that as leverage to end the war, they waited a long time to do it. Hmm. Because that part doesn't make sense to me. But I like the rest of the theory. The information might have taken longer to get. If they had to yeah. break her, yeah. That's, we're talking three years. Yeah. That's a long time. She might have been time. in like coma wanted, for a while, though. She just crashed work. off a dragon, so... Actually, I, I can't. I might actually have just changed my mind because I forgot about it. I forgot a detail. There's an important right. detail, and the, dif the difference Real is. Firm that stance <laughs> yeah. Actually, no. I'm not, no, I'm kidding. Uh, You're acting like Anus the first what now. I forgot was that the leadership change in Dorne. That's yeah. what happened. The, it was when once the leadership changed to um, Daria's son. Nymore. Nymore. He's the one who sued for peace, and did the, and the letter came out. So it's possible that. That before that they did have Rainy's alive and they just didn't want to. They didn't want to end the war that way. But then it's perfectly Nymore, possible he took over. He that, Mir to that Mario, you know, kept her. She was cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and kept her. And then Dimon was like, "I'm gonna, you know, get some use out of her." Uh, and then sent that letter. And it's also possible that because the Dornish are really disunited, even yeah. then, even after Nymeria, that this happened yeah. at the Hellhold, and the Hellhold is like kind of, mm. kind of go their own way. They might not have told For anybody while, yeah. they had Rainy's. Yeah. Yeah. So. 
So yeah. I like her uh, idea though that Rainey's herself penned the letter yeah. um, a lot. That that, that would have been a really good convincer. I feel like yeah, he would be recognized her handwriting. Yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah, but even like, do you think it was willingly? Like, shouldn't she was made write that thing, or she might have willingly switched sides? I think yeah. tortured. I think tortured with a touch. I guess it's a little a, a little bit willingly. Like, I don't think they held her hand down, but I think that like they tortured her for a long time and then <laughs> got her to do that. Although she's I, like a reek type character. I, I, yeah. like she becomes a reek type. <laughs> it's pretty dark but it's possible I mean like yeah. that whole war is dark they're burning whole castles down and yeah. killing people they, this was a last yeah. resort I don't think they would, it was something that would have a cost but they were willing to do if, if Aegon kept going at it and then he changed his mind he goes to Dragonstone comes back the next day changes his mind so it's some sort of big thing yeah I guess well my question was like uh, perhaps I, I, I kind of uh, yeah it was definitely Visenya wasn't there like when I first read it I thought oh maybe he had to go talk to Visenya but Visenya was in King's Landing so uh, yeah, maybe he went to his son was there. I, I don't know. He could have also just wanted Checked to make sure his son was still there a lot. Yeah, or he just the no. the most boring possibility is that he just wanted to go think. <laughs> <laughs> but he completely changed his mind too, like he, just for one day of going somewhere, right? Yeah. Well, it's, it sounded like a lot of people were giving their yeah. opinion. There was like he was pressured. He like everyone was like, no, don't don't yeah. take peace. And Visenya, who always had an, seemed to have an opinion on everything, was almost certainly was saying something. So, so maybe he was, he was like, I'm getting out of here. Actually, <laughs> I'm going yeah. on a flight. We talked about this. I was on Boiled Leather the other day and we talked about it and whole crazy ideas came of like Rainus breeding like a whole new line of like dragon riders. Hatch eggs and do that. That was like the threat or something, but it's pretty dark. Sand dragon. <laughs> Sand dragon. Awesome. <laughs> so yeah, that was my theory. Glass, another dragon fight. I like it. I like it. <laughs> cool. Thanks for indulging me. Okay, so um, I think... I think that's yeah. just about it. I mean, that really with um, with Doran's rebuff, I mean, that's all they get. Six kingdoms, uh, not a yeah. bad haul for a conquest. <laughs> that's, uh, that's when Aegon gets his actual coronation. That I guess goes down the history books is the date of the conquering. Do you think he should have made Old Town his capital? Um, no. I mean, I, would there? Well, I mean, it has the the reason? faith and the maesters there. It seems that it was like the natural place. The yeah, but the Targaryens clashing with the faith. I mm. mean, I think that they did well by striking out and making their own home. Um, because as we yeah. can see in the following chapters in Old the lineage, <laughs> is that the Targaryens and the faith don't necessarily get along very well. So I think they would have done best by just completely eradicating the faith. Yeah, <laughs> burn down the high towers, yeah. old town, and all no, not of it. The high, not the high tower, not the high tower. Keep the citadel. Just get rid of those that, that yeah. those steps. Just just expand <laughs> the maesters like ten times and get them all over. Yeah, that's what I, I think. Although you know, if you think the maesters are at all huh, against magic, true, I guess yeah. it's not really a great idea to keep them around either. But I don't want him to destroy the citadel. I think that it makes sense. It would have been a fine choice to do old town, but there were two like kind of deal breakers. One was that it's just too far from Dragonstone mm. and they still need a Dragonstone to breed dragons. And that's yeah. just a big gap physically. And Old Town is just not very central located. It's so far in the corner there. And, and King's Landing is nice yeah. and somewhat central. At least it's it's off on a coast, but it's at least yeah. it's pretty much the Although middle. Although civilization-wise, it's, it's, that's closer to everything, right? Like if you look at the West and, yeah. and Dorne and the Reach. That's closer to the Vale. Um... There's a little up in the Yeah, Gulltown is pretty big, and so is Dustin. That's true, Dustin was big at the time. Kind of got, yeah. 
But also, I mean, Blackwater Bay is a great port too to use. Yeah. Uh, well, going, if you're sorry, if you're going to just conquer six kingdoms or whatever, you might as well just raise their religion to the ground and build your own, right? <laughs> no, <and> that, <laughs> well, look what happened with Magor later. He got his ass kicked. Like he couldn't beat them. Like it's yeah. Aegon was smart. He knew not to fight them, and, and they were smart enough not to fight him. Like, it would have been a bloody. War. He he knew that. He knew that most people are afraid of dragons, but crazy zealots are not. <laughs> they so, like the fire. They're like, These are, they're, they're like, I'm willing to die for my faith, so Bring it what on. do you got? Yeah. Like, Aegon didn't want to die. He wanted to win. Yeah. He, he wasn't willing yeah. to put his life on the lines. Yeah. <laughs> and it's interesting. You see how he did so many things to placate the faith. He, he was smart about it. Like he, he, That's why there's that whole thing about seven kingdoms. It's not really seven kingdoms, but he called it that because seven, hey and uh right. seven members of the king's guard and all the yeah he was he was, was playing the stranger uh, king he was playing politics yeah. Yeah. well and rain too with her rule of six right yeah 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 that's right yeah. that's true so she was playing along too she saw how important it was they knew they had to adopt the local yeah. religion so it was a if, you, if each kingdom was one of the gods Absolutely. which one would be which that's a good question Where would you... i guess the iron hmm. islands are the strangers <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's, but it's yeah, Ireland slash Riverlands is, is one, right? Yeah, they're all the of them. Where, whatever oh, yeah. the war had, he's the mother would be the Reach mm. providing. Mother's a... right? or, or... Oh, yeah, that's, yeah. Okay, definitely. so the ma- Smith uh, is the Stormlands, maybe? The no, what's Crone... the Storm? The Maiden could be the Veil? The North is yeah, the yeah. Crone, because <laughs> it's the old. It's so... yeah. You can make a list here, okay? Wait, north is uh... the Crone, yeah. Mm-hmm. Reach is... Uh, this... The Veil is the Mother. No, but without... Okay. Veil is the Mother or the, or the Maiden? See that veil should be the Maiden, because they have so many... The reach oh, can be the mother because yeah, it's yeah, providing yeah. all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Smith. Yeah, Stormlands. Storm. Stormlands, or I, you know what? Actually, no. The Iron Warrior Alex, would be the Stormlands. Yeah, I think the Iron Alex fits really well as the Smith because we hear that their Smiths okay. are really good, but they make the best them plate with, mail. The and like then, yeah, Stormlands is the Warrior. Okay. A kind of for lack of a yeah. better target that fits. I guess. Well, I mean, shouldn't the stranger? <laughs> yeah, because they, they, they weren't really? conquered, right? So that makes sense. Oh, right. That's sure. true. Okay. Do we have all of them now? Death can never be okay, conquered. so I think we had them all. That was wait, what was the Riverlands? They're Riverlands with Ireland. That's, the, that's part of the, the Island. Father. The father. Part of the Island. Yeah. The oh, Westerlands is the father. Well, that's Tywin. So there you go. Oh, perfect! Wow, that is perfect. They're the ones with all the money. Nicely done. All right, we'll publish the list. Yeah. Good job, team. We have solved. We have solved. Here we go. Yeah, that, that's the ending. Yeah, there we go. That's the ending. Case closed. <laughs> that's end. Yeah, that, no, that's the end. We don't need the next two books. At the end, it's like these are the. <laughs> we just caught yeah. George. Yeah, that's George, all George the next two books are going to be. The end. There we go. Who was Warrior? Stormlands. Oh, Stormlands. Smith. I know. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Then Crone fits the old gods thing. So. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> we'll work it out. I guess we could go through the Targaryen yeah. kings pretty quickly. Um, it's been a long recording so far. Sorry, that's you good. guys. Um, but you know what? We did touch on the Targaryen lineage time and time again, covering the Duncan Egg novellas. We talked a lot about uh, what the, that looked like, the Targaryen lineage later on in history. And then going back in time when we were doing Princes and the Queen, the Rogue Prince, um, we that those excerpts are taken directly out of this section. So I don't think that we have to get into minute details detail as i always want to do i mean if if we're getting to the end this could be the remainder of record just the kings do we want to decide that like are we okay with that well kyle has done a lot of prep for his three pages you could always do that the next episode (laughs) ours is pretty ours is pretty easy there was attorney and then robert rebel (laughs) i I, I just think we could each quickly get like we could each king as we go through throughout your lemon cake score for him i got a five we're ready. Well, we're gonna yeah. score them. Okay, but like, aren't you guys? Twenty-seven. <laughs> twenty-seven at the time of the conquest. Wait, twenty-seven. It's like kings? Drake, man. Twenty-seven stars. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, but with Aegon's reign, the King's Guard was established. Um, and the rule of they got six. attacked by Dorne, yep. right? They sent assassins at him, so. Yeah, and Aegon was being a real shithole about it because it was his wife who <laughs> saved him, and he couldn't deal with that. <laughs> his wife basically made the King's Guard, actually. She, she derived the Night's Watch yeah. stuff. Visenya was responsible for the King's Guard. Visenya was not a popular lady, from mm. what I can tell from reading this maester's point of view, but she seemed uh, she seemed to have yeah. her shit together. I actually think she's kind of like the Tywin Lannister of the Targaryen. Mm-hmm. She's like really like knew what needed to be done and didn't exactly. make any excuses about it and was like, this is what has to be done. Doesn't matter who suffers. This is this is what's right. She's just me yeah. at work. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's where I took my late executive cues from is from Channel Visenya. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Rainey's everyone loves her, but she's the one who said it's okay to beat your wife. So <laughs> should we really yeah. be pulling for Rainey's? I don't Plus, think so. She limited <laughs> it to what? Six? Yeah. yeah. It was worse. Yeah, she 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 because yeah, it was worse. Because it was hard to get it to zero at that time. They would have rebelled. If they <laughs> yeah, they're like, what? I can't hit my wife. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Later on, we have that. Uh, what a what a what an amazing <laughs> idea. Later on, we have that game in pale hair. You know, whose uh, mother and the paramour, what or whatever the deal was there. Yeah. But that little four-year-old boy who who declares that yeah, any any husband that beats his wife is going to be beaten back. I like it. Yeah. So, uh, Justice. Great proclamation there. The girls are just equal of boys. Yeah. Ray so I would say Aegon, so we're out of five lemon cakes, right? I don't think he was the no. very best but he's king. Four or 4.5. Was he? Close to five. Yeah, he's really yeah. high up there on the lemon cake rating. Then we get to Anus one, favorite <laughs> name. And the notes that I just made for him were um, pointless, indecisive, incest, diarrhea. So I assume that kind of just describes his whole life. He, what did he die of, like dysentery? Might have been poisoned. Possibly by uh, Visenya. I, I, uh, you know, well, I, it's too bad that he didn't he he, he didn't uh, marry into House Horror. He could be any. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> now we're talking. The whores were the whores were a big problem for Anus, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> right, the red, the red. Well, the red everything whore. was a big problem for <laughs> Anus because he didn't seem to ever make up his mind about yeah. anything. I'd, I'd still give him just, uh, three, maybe. Out. There's people worse than him. Like it wasn't horrible. He just wasn't good. He wasn't horrible, but I think three is giving him a little too much credit because he didn't really do anything with his life. He did that. Yeah, Yeah, he did (laughs) have a lot of important shit. He made some children. (laughs) Good job. Yeah, his his he also inherited a, a bit of a shitstorm because the yeah. the faith were just kind of waiting for Aegon to die. Yeah. Like a bunch of people were waiting for Aegon to die because they're like, well, we're no one's going to be able to challenge yeah. this guy. He's the he's son a of a conqueror. The son of the first king is always has trouble after a conquest yeah. or a new kingdom, but to deal with all the stuff. Yeah, but um, you know, his heir <laughs> makes him look like a saint. Um, <laughs> yeah, Magor. Magor the Cruel. Magor. Magor, interestingly, inherited the throne after his brother died, Um, which normally, is, that's not how yeah. it works. Normally, it would have been Anus' yeah. son, right? Yeah, it would have been Aegon the Younger. Magor doesn't but, follow well, I don't know what name Magor he would have gotten. Takes what he wants. <laughs> yeah, and it, it was, uh, yeah, he, he took his head off. Dead. And this would have been, Visenya would have been driving this whole thing because, you know, Megor was her son and Visenya was the one who had been around was the second Aenys died. And uh, Megor had been exiled or he had been exiled to Pentos. So Visenya would have almost certainly is the one who told him. So she did. But you know what? I don't blame his disposition on his mother. She was a boss lady. She had some stuff to do. She had a king's make. 
Uh, she probably should have been like watching her son to make sure he didn't turn out to be a lunatic. But he gets injured too, right? When he came back, from exile, like in this whole, he has this whole duel and he gets injured, and that makes him worse later on. Yeah, he takes a blow to the head. Yeah, that didn't help. Yeah. Doesn't he burn a like a sept or something? He burned like the whole. Uh... Yeah, as soon as he woke up, he he burned the, uh, the big church. And then... Yeah, I I do appreciate and encourage Magor's godlessness. <laughs> But it did not work no. out well for him. The start. I mean, he started out putting down rebellions, which, was, which he needed to do. But his fight of the faith wasn't working. Like he kept trying and trying, and it just he couldn't do it. Yeah. He. He. They were just both trying to outlast out, each other, you know, yeah. violence each other, and they both had such capacity for killing oh, violence. <laughs> Yeah. Well, because there's so many poor it's fellows. I mean, like there's the half the realm is poor fellows. They're just marching around like like crazy, yeah. and it's just like chaotic. Poor fellows. But you guys, poor Magor and his lousy bullshit chromosomes could not yeah. yes. could not even make a baby, which Anus could make lots of babies, so at least he yeah. did that one thing right. But Magor's dick was bad or something, and he had like a million brides and no children. Yeah. Uh, except we, I guess he did have the crazy stillbirth babies with mm. weird deformity stuff. Which oh was... yeah, that's he started having the hermaphrodite, and that started that was part of why he started going crazy. Apparently, along with the head blow and the fact that he's child of many many generations. So that's a lot of factors there, really. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah. <we've> <laughs> Did y'all scope out his wives though? They're yeah. all really hot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't that crazy. <laughs> <laughs> more of a golly yeah they're all are, ve- are very hot very similarly hot not jane westerling though that no no good but yeah, yeah, I, mean, I would say eleanor costain looks like a real babe um all yeah, good selection yeah. Yeah, i guess you're, you're right though she does have a there's one with a, with a bigger nose <laughs> yeah jane westerling but uh, i appreciate that throwback to a, an original jane westerling mm-hmm. who was supposed to be super fertile, not unlike ah. our Jane Westerling in present time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I found myself feeling actually kind of bad. It, it's weird to say, but I did feel kind of bad for Mayor <laughs> when I saw that picture of him when he killed himself. I, I firmly believe that he did oh, kill wow. himself on the throne, and that he had a lot of mental issues. They they talked about you know maybe he killed himself or maybe someone did it, but I think he did it himself, and it made me really sad to see that piece of him. Then you know, there's that one like he's like deathly pale. Yeah. Way in there. I don't know. I agree that he killed himself. I think that he he didn't want to be beaten, and this was his way to avoid defeat. Because he's a warrior, and he he knew he was going to lose because everyone turned on him. And he just looks like Goth Sean Connery in this. Just just the end of it. Why am I? He really does look like that. But yeah, no, you're right with Megor. I mean, it's easy to say that he was just a shitty person, but he obviously was like super mentally unstable. Um, did create some really cool passageways though <laughs> yeah, yeah. Killed everyone hey he started yeah he started building yeah. a dragon pit too that was all him which is maybe a bad thing he had trouble yeah, getting people to uh build <laughs> stuff for him later though right <laughs> he has bad benefits yeah. you get killed after you finish work it's not the best benefit <laughs> but you get a three-day party before you get killed. you get health and dental during the construction yeah. but afterwards <laughs> including birth control coverage so um, so yeah, he was he the only Targaryen to have died by suicide mm. during King? I'm not convinced that it was suicide. I mean, you're making a good argument for it, but he may also have been murdered. But let's, let's assume that he was suicide. Yeah. Is there anybody else that, that did that? There were other Targaryens, certainly. I can't think of any Targaryen. They did suicidal things, but I don't think yeah. anyone outright killed the guy who drank the, uh, the stuff, but he didn't, he didn't think he was going to die, right? Oh. Yeah. 
Yeah, it wasn't yeah, suicidal. Was gonna also, he wasn't a king, but yeah, yeah but that's it's still scary and bright. If you don't yeah. think you're gonna die, right? We have yeah. we have little Jahara where it was rumored that she killed. I think that she was killed. I don't think that that little girl jumped off and killed herself. And Helena. And Helena, but they weren't they weren't kings. But well, Helena might have been queen. Maybe uh, Helena was the queen too. If you if you're on yeah. that faction, yeah. but the green, yeah, the green queen. <laughs> yeah, the green. But uh, yeah, I guess they both. Uh, I, I yeah. Uh, it's it's, it is it is a kind of an interesting. Um, thread that the Targaryen kings very few of them live to be old I mean there are pretty much all of them died in their 30s or 40s or even younger and like the number the number that died of old age is like huh. a couple of them. live fast die yeah. young should have been the Targaryen motto burn the candle bright yeah. <laughs> what was the life expectancy of the people back then but these are kings That's though they so should great. have good health care Probably... <laughs> yeah, they should have. A, they should get the best possible care, whatever that is. Lots yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm sure the, uh, all the incest wears down the robustness yeah. of health, though. So oh, there is that. And it just seems like everybody in Westeros dies of dysentery real early, anyway. So. Oh, but then, then again, they, then they, weren't they supposed to be immune to a lot of diseases, or at least have some resistance, like when it comes out properly? Yeah. I guess that's a that's kind of a, an interesting like undercurrent that we're not yeah. sure about. I guess yeah. What are you talking about? Just like an actual yeah. medical the, science in, in the or lore. In, in yeah. Science? Whatever. Yeah. Or the Targaryens are more immune to or are more resistant to yeah. disease. I think when that when, when their like blood that. gets together the proper way, it dying. does. Like I think I think it was more the Valyrian her heritage. Yeah. Yeah. Like whatever work was done in them in the past, either by themselves or by others, that's what they're trying to get. Every time they have the incestuous marriage, they're trying to get back to that. But most of the time, it doesn't work. But yeah. but think about how many how many Targaryens died in the Great Spring yeah. sickness. Well, that was an like, exception to that uh, yeah. for sure. Yeah, there's well, a no, bunch and... of other there's a bunch of others though too. Yeah, like, like just... Jaehaerys the second died of died of illness and uh... yeah. poison just everyone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. well, in the Great Spring they also had uh, the I mean they were half uh, Dornish at that point. They lost some immunity. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so Megwar, kind of a low point in Targaryen history. But Jaehaerys, definitely the high point, right? Five Living kind of king? Yeah, the, he's the, best. the high point, yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Golden Age yeah. of Lester. Amazing queen, amazing king, amazing hand. Yep. No major wars that we know of. Uh, and wrapping well, uh, up Barth. Barth, yeah. Yeah. Amazing our Barth. Barth. Our man Barth. Yeah. Although he wasn't, uh, I mean, the North the was mad about the gifts, right? Was this, was this the time of the gift, or was that later? Yeah, so. yeah, that's right. It, it wasn't. A, it wasn't a. But you can't make everybody happy. So what do you do? That's true. Yeah. So it, actually, that's an interesting point because if that it, uh, the North said in response to what the, the new gift was going to cause the wash to decline, hmm. and it did. So you can say that Jaharis may have accidentally screwed up the next <laughs> wash, which is pretty good. Cool. Government <laughs> management getting involved yeah. in, the wall, in the walls caused trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Should have been left to be <laughs> private. Micromanagement doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, that's the argument. <laughs> So who's next? Is after Jaharis is Viserys, Mister Dance of the Dragons uh, table setter. I would, I can't give no, him because he, he led to the he, he did so many mistakes <laughs> that led to the Dance of the Dragons. Yeah, during well, his reign. I feel really like really... you guys are pinning this on Viserys, but really we know it was Sir Kristen Cole who fucked everything up. I mean, Viserys made it really clear that Rhaenyra was supposed to be that, there. That in itself might have been a mistake. Like, maybe he should have just bite the bullet. Yeah, but, yeah, I agree yeah. with that. There were so many people that were trying to convince him to change that, and that it was a bad idea, and that a lot of people didn't want to serve Rhaenyra. And, so he and didn't want to be a sexist. So he I, think he missed, I think he messed up by not just not making sure Rhaenyra and yeah. Aegon married, even with the big eight. That's what he should have right. I that's think that's where he messed up. up. He should have reunited the brand. He should have done more to make sure that war didn't break out. Like, he didn't have to... Yeah. 
He was busy. I don't. I don't know. Do he, he was. He was trying to please people too much, just like the anus as well. Like he was afraid to. And, and when he did put his foot down, it was for stupid reasons. So, oh, we're losing the the call here. Um, I can still hear this you guys. Is the problem fine. with this car. I think we're losing. Yeah, I'm here, guys, but I think uh, we lost our two. You guys are recording as well, right? Just to be safe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Maybe I need to restart the call. Did I do that? Or yeah, that's it. Okay. Are we, how, how are we looking for time here? We can get through the rest of these. Or... Uh. We could probably yeah, just rip through the, through the uh... Yeah. We can do other episodes later. Like, this is good. We got lots of episodes to do. So. Okay, so... I think they may just be off Skype. Yeah. Well, we can continue, and then they can join when they get back in. They yeah. jumped off Skype. Send them a mess. Okay. Yeah, so the series... I wouldn't say that he was a terrible king, but I would give him, like, a three out of five lemon cakes, right? Yeah. Like, his his reign started the setting for A Dance of Dragons, but I don't think he was solely at fault. Yeah, his brother had a lot to do with that as well, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> So. Good intentions. Uh, and so this is right really moves. where we tread into the territory that we had already previously discussed in episodes. So I would hate to, you know, consistently go back to basically all of the rogue prince, right? As we yeah. get into Dance with Dragons territory and kind of went over that. And like I said, this whole section with the series and um, and with Aegon too. I mean, this is all pretty much pulled from a previous episode. Hmm. Yeah, we could probably bypass i mean aegon we could probably gloss that aegon 2 was barely king so. for like not, he wasn't that king for that long anyways so yeah aegon 2 yeah he wasn't he wasn't yeah but long, man so. there's some really really great paintings in his section of the dragon yeah so um that was really good i think we've only but this is so weird that's only six uh targaryen kings so far which is terrifying but at the time that aegon 2 took the throne that was like the most dragons and most targaryens ever mm. um you know, Jaehaerys has been pumping out babies and stuff, and Viserys, and it seems like the stage was set for the Targaryens to have a very long and prosperous reign. And then, of course, as we know, Aegon II and Rhaenyra get in here and ruin everything. So, page 81 has a really good rundown of all the dragons, too, which obviously we can see that Rhaenyra had many more dragons because of the wild ones that were tamed later. The cannibal, grey ghost, sheep stealer, um... Here's my question is, like, if they hadn't killed off so many dragons, would they still have declined and died off? Or do you think they would have lasted longer, the dragons? I mean, I think they would have lasted longer. I agree. It's a whole different story at that point. The others actually... Because we still don't know how long a dragon lived. But you guys, Rhaenyra had 15 dragons and Aegon had six. Jeez. Those are some fucked up odds. But that was the only reason they could actually fight a war. If they didn't have dragons at all, they were outnumbered hugely, at least at the start. Their allies with the wild to muster. But don't like, uh, don't one or two of her dragons like disappear or one turns it sides or I can't remember. Oh yeah, a couple of their guys switch sides. Otherwise, yes, switch sides. And then you had, was it Sheep Stealer who just kind of disappeared? Well, Natal's leaves, right? Yeah, they're they're driven away and they're like for their own safety. The odds a little bit better. So Aegon 3. What was his whole situation? Well, the last dragon died during his time, which may or may not have been his fault. Like, he didn't like dragons that much, apparently. Well, did he confine them to the dragon pit? Um, oh, you mean like the very last one? I don't know. They, they call him the dragon bane, right? Because he saw his mother eaten by a dragon and might have influenced him. Do you think the Targaryens, when the dragon, when the last dragon died, were all just, oh, shit, how are we going to hold power now? I think they were. Ju- they lasted just long enough that they had some legitimacy, but uh, I think they were also coasting as well in some ways. Like if they, I mean, the wars that they had after that were Targaryen against Tar- Blackfire, so they had two sides of the same coin. But yeah, I think if they had like a true rebellion, they would have had trouble. Was he Dragonsbane? I didn't. They called him Aegon the Unlucky. I think he's Bur- called somewhere else. He's called Dragonsbane because it. 
Oh, here you go. Okay. Because he, I mean, he he was the one that was scared because he witnessed his mother being alive, obviously, by a dragon. Um, but he did try to breed more. That's when he's sent away for True. the nine maybe. He just tried to have, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I think he's still called Dragon's Bane, maybe unfairly. Oh, you're right. You're right. Because, yeah. Just so because what? the last Targaryen dragon died during yeah. his reign. Which is interesting because we actually at this point realized that um, Dunk's old uh, hedge knight, Sir Arlen and Pennytree, right? Oh, was alive at that time? Yeah. He talked about it, right? Hmm. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so Aegon the Unlucky, the Broken King, uh, you know, just a real low, low lemon cake rating. So he just seemed real <laughs> depressed. Uh, I think that probably happens when you watch your mom die like that. So, you know, so I'll his, give him a- <laughs> his reign was defined by the last dragon dying. That was mm-hmm. pretty much Kinda. primarily. He, the thing is, he, he was married to the other, uh, like the daughter of Aegon the second. I remember we covered mm-hmm. that and we thought, okay, they're going to be united now. But then she dies. I think she was murdered. It's a suicide. So they didn't get united in the end after all. Do they have kids before she dies? No. So then we have Daron one. Um, so Aegon three died when he was what thirty six from consumption. So again, yet another hmm. just yet another Targaryen who died of illness. Consumption. And, um, so then we have Daron the first, and he was almost as decorated as Aegon the Conqueror in terms of his glory, right? His martial glory, yeah. He was very confident in himself. I mean, you, you, you kind of, I mean, to be successful, sometimes you have to be. They said, like, we can't go against Dorne. We have no dragons. It's like, hey, look at me. I'm a dragon. <laughs> the young dragon, right? Yeah. So. So he brings in Dorne? He has a temporary conquest. Like, he goes in and he has a really good plan, too. He goes via the sea as well, ships to the right, the power. And uh, temporarily conquers Dorne. Then they Why rebel. Does he go in? Why does he go in in the first place? What's his, They he, just want to bring it into the they're realm. They're the last last place he can go, I guess. Like he wants to carve out glory for himself. He's got to go after Dorne. Okay, so he's kind of glory obsessed. Because in the middle, it's in, like it seems like they mostly had peace since the since Aegon, some skirmishes and stuff. But so this guy's just itching for a fight. For yeah, he's young and he's yeah. new in power, and he's got something, and he's got six kingdoms under his rule. So. Is that to advantage? Why not take another one? But his his uh, reign was the time that Prince Aemon the Dragon Knight was distinguished, right? Mm. Oh, nice. Yep. Mm-hmm. So they so it was only four years. Um, well, because they rebelled he and he, he gets killed to... in Dorne, right? Right. Dorne he dies kills him. To to yeah, he dies in Dorne. Uh, I believe he was killed under a peace banner. Yep. Yeah. And they captured the Dragon Knight at the oh. same time. The young dragon himself died with black fire in him, surrounded yeah. by a dozen enemies. <laughs> So after the young dragon, Daron the first, then we have Baylor the first. <laughs> and Baylor is seventeen when he takes the throne. And okay. this is Baylor the Blessed? Yeah. Pious dude. Nobody wants him in their bed. No woman <laughs> wants Baylor the Blessed in her bed. No. <laughs> That's what Robert said. Come on, Ned. No woman wants Baylor the Blessed in her bed. <laughs> there you go. So he well, was just an uber religious king? Yeah. He walked barefoot to Dorne to try to get peace with him and it worked. Yeah, he gets a peace treaty with Dorne. Yeah, but right. then those those uh, guys that captured the Amon, that, that particular family, Lord Wyle, the, they're douches. They're like, you have to walk across the pit to rescue the, the Dragonite, and he gets bitten so many times that kind of affects him mentally. Like he's unconscious, he has to get carried away. He's in the coma for a while. So. Um, that's when the whole Maiden Vault is established, right in the Red Keep, mm. with his sisters Diana, uh, Raina, and Elena. They have a whole like history themselves. Like if you look at that page, I mean, one of them marries uh, Sir Michael Manwoody at some point. So, oh yeah, Mike Manwoody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kyle's bro. Um, <laughs> Namesake. And then 
you guys, this is also one of the girls who married uh, Sir Ossifer Plum. Hmm. So we've uh, we've heard about his dick size, right? Like, yeah. Oh, I have not. You've heard about that whole. St- we've heard it, but we've discussed yeah. this. Well, I don't know. In you guys talk detail. about dick size all the time. No, but this was something they talked about in the books. Like that's not just something we made up. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, um, like the guy, the guy dies, and then she becomes pregnant. So they're like, "Oh, he was he was six feet under for oh, that Jesus. to happen." Okay. But yeah, so that is kind of Baylor's thing is just uh, burning books. Also, yeah, but I don't think he's. I mean, he, he he's an, the test testimony yeah. of mushroom. Yeah, he's he's a which, tough one. I mean, yeah. To be fair, it was something mushroom wrote, so it probably read like a Marquis de Sade novel. <laughs> it's hard to judge him. I mean, like he did. I mean, he did get that piece started, anyways, with Doran, which was important for the realm. And he had some good ideas, but overall he started getting foolish at the end and burning stuff. Yeah, then he gets an eating disorder for the end of it. <laughs> Just fasting himself, yeah. That's how he died, yeah. Well, I mean, every each one of these kings that dies, there's always a rumor that they might have been poisoned. Like, he might have been poisoned by, I think, his... Uh, Would have been great if there was just, like, one, like, quiet lineage that was going yeah. on at the same time as the Targaryens, just, uh, just a cult of <laughs> assassins. Um, but no, I mean, I, that, that was pretty obvious that he just eventually stopped taking food to get closer to God or something. Um, well, the birth of Damon Waters was one of the reasons he started fasting, apparently. Yeah. Hmm. Every time something bad happens. He did it for 40 years and the 41st day he was found collapsed before the altar of the mother. Hmm. So it's kind of a sad end, but then we get, uh, the series (laughs) two out of this. Yeah. And... His was a fairly short reign, right? There wasn't a lot going on. He only ruled for a short time, but even from, uh, like, Tyrion and the Viper have a discussion about this. He, I mean, he only ruled for a few years, but he was hand for a long time, I believe, or at least behind the scenes he was powerful for a long time. Okay. Right, and then that's what they talk about, how um, in that uh, the book should be about five kings Viserys included in the lives of four kings, but Viserys is passed mm-hmm. over for a discussion of his son, Aegon the Unworthy, because um, yeah. Viserys had too short of a reign, I guess. He almost uh, seems, again, like a Tywin-type character. Or maybe true, not exactly. capable, and yeah. a sudden illness got him. Again, a suspicious <laughs> so, illness, right? Yeah. So pretty much every Targaryen is dying from a sickness. Okay. But then we get Aegon the Fourth, Aegon the Unworthy, whose house words should have been, wash her and bring her to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I would think of all the Targaryens, he is reputable for just being the horniest, right? Is that his thing? thing? Oh my Mm -hmm. god, look at all his what? In his last years, Aegon claimed he had slept with at least 900 women. The exact number eluded him. But that he only truly loved nine. (laughs) Only nine? (laughs) Only nine women loved Wow, wow. And that's why he had so many bastards. Yeah. Yes, which is why he was unworthy. Not because we're slut-shaming, but because he ruined the realm by legitimizing all yeah. of his bastards. Oh, man. Like, if he just left them be, that's one thing. But that, that whole decree was the problem. Uh, you get that whole portrait of... I, I like The art's so great in this book, and it matches the story. You get that the nine mistresses. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty much his claim to fame, is that he legitimized all his bastards and started pretty much the Blackfire Rebellion. Yeah. We also tried to invade Dorne, kind of. You know, I don't think he even got there. He sent an army and, like, kind of failed. Oh, he also tried to make uh, stupid fake dragons. So Yeah, wooden dragons that burned. <laughs> <laughs> and then, unlike Baylor, he just got hella fat at the end. Yeah. Um, well, his death is pretty gruesome disgusting. at the end. He, just, so he barely can't even move. And yeah. obese that he could no longer lift himself from his couch. Oh. He's got couches? Um, <laughs> his limbs <laughs> rotting and crawling with flesh worms. So wait, so are Targary- Targaryen bastards all called Blackfire? Is that the deal? Or no, I think he no. took the name. He took that for himself. Yeah. yeah. Because of a sword, right? Yeah. But he had the name yeah. before he got Blackfire, right? 
No, I don't think every bastard is called the Blackfar. That's a good mm -hmm. question. I don't, I don't think so. I think it was because of the sword. When did he get the sword in particular? Let's see. Does it say here? Well, Blackfar, the sword it. itself goes back. Yeah, because he, he wasn't called that originally, too. He was called, uh, let's see. So what he, he, he would have been Damon Waters? Damon Waters. Damon Waters, yeah, because earlier on, right? Oh, was that the Damon Waters you mentioned from the last? I think so, yeah. Because was, Aegon was the father while he was still a prince. Um, scope out those nine mistresses, though. Yeah. Real beautiful. Which one is your favorite? I'm thinking that little redhead in the corner. Um, what, you mean the far right? The far right. Lady Jane mm. Lawston. Mm. I'm going with Let's that. See. The one beside her is pretty nice. <laughs> one beside You guys yeah. are disgusting. Yeah, podcast. Kyle, I, th I thought you'd be, you'd be leading the charge here, Kyle. <laughs> who's the one that's, who's who's the second from no actually the one at the far left and the second left i feel like these paintings are like based off of actresses or something like they all kind of look <laughs> vaguely familiar but um, very good so yeah aegon the fourth had nine mistresses and he legitimized all of their kids right how many or was kids it were every there? child i think it was all of them let's see yeah how many is that yeah, all of his natural children from yeah, the most but only the great bastards. bastards. Yeah, right. are the ones that that matter really. Yeah, and he gave Damon the sword as well. I thought he had given the sword. Is it at that time that he gave the sword? He gave him it on his deathbed. Well, why do you think he did that? Because he wanted him to be the real king. The douche. <laughs> I mean, and so we should do the opposite of what he wanted. So. Yeah, but, huh? So. Yeah. But he did have some problems with his son, Daron. Like, he might have had some problems, but he was scared to do anything because Daron was getting support from Dorne and had a big following. Mm. Um, then we have Daron, I mean, too. Yeah. I, just, I want a final comment on Aegon. Mm -hmm. I mean, he even, like, with his queen, Neris, like, I think, wasn't it that the Dragon Knight loved her? Or, yeah, I think so. And then he, he just, like, kept her to himself. And then she's like, okay, I had enough kids. That's enough. He's like, no, you're going to be my wife till I die. He's just such a douche. He's pretty bad, pretty low point. But then we have Daron two after that. Daron two is yeah. the one that was was good King Daron, right? Yeah, I think he so. brought the Dornish into the realm. He had the pot belly. He brought the yeah. Dornish into the realm. I thought. I thought you said earlier he married a Dornish woman, right? Baylor got the piece going, but it was during Daron's realm that they formally joined that the realm. It was the, the seven kingdoms. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I mean, he was married, but they they formally swore in and all of that. Like you can see at the picture there. Okay. And they're like, Baylor, your work is done, statue. So that was his his claim to fame? Daron the Good, uh-huh. But yeah. that, that was oh, had a lot of kids the issues too, with the Blackfire Rebellion yeah. because they felt like Daron was too into pansy stuff and, like, I don't know, yeah. reading. He, he was too into Dornish stuff, which is more progressive stuff. Right. They wanted to beat their wives and stuff, yeah. so they don't like that. Yeah, he was too they progressive. Like, um, so Daron, <laughs> it was Daron versus Damon during this right. part, right? Okay. And I think yeah. But in reality, Damon was just a tool um, for people that were using him. You know, you and I are on opposite sides of the Blackfire yeah. Rebellion, but... I, I, by tool, I don't necessarily mean, like, tool as an insult. I mean, like, as somebody being used he was as a, a figurehead. It was a pawn. Okay. Oh, okay. I thought you meant he was yeah. shitty dude. I was like, that's my bro you're talking about. <laughs> I, I don't think it was necessarily bad. I think he just used... He, he himself didn't really have that many ambitions. It, it took him a while. Like the, the rebellion didn't happen until a long time later. Other people came and took him and used him as a figurehead. So you, they needed somebody to rally. So you're thinking him. he's much like the Black Fire from um, the third Duncan Egg Bella? Well, he was more militant than, than him, but I don't think he had as as many ambitions, or at least until people maybe started speaking in his ear or something, saying, hey, you should be king. But it was the people that were using him as an excuse. Well, we've gone over the Blackfire Rebellion quite a bit, so I don't think we yeah. need to delve into that, really. No. That goes that goes down. Yeah. But would you give Daron a good rating in the overall? Because I would. I don't know if you... I'm just biased against him because I'm a, I'm a Blackfire supporter. <laughs>
I still have, I have yet to hear a reason other than he didn't have a pot belly and he Yeah, well, it's really important to have a flat stomach. <laughs> so maybe, so if Darren had gotten it for a lipo, then he would have supported him. <laughs> but I can see why people didn't trust the, the king that they wanted because yeah. he didn't get Blackfire and he was constantly like bringing in the Dornish, I think made a lot of the original, um, lords that swore fealty to the Targaryens suspicious because it seemed like the court was being ruled more by the Dornish than by the Targaryens. But another thing I talked about is a lot of the families that were with Aeron were the original big ones. And it was a lot of like the secondary families that went with the Blackfire. Like they, they weren't the great houses, except for maybe Tyrell that was ambivalent. So this was a chance for those other families to try to rise up. But all like the big families, Lannister, uh, Baratheon, Dark, all, all of them were, were with, with uh, Daron. So that's an interesting division there. Well, Daron did have a pretty cool son, though, Baylor Breakspear. Um, so who were his sons? He had Baylor, um, and Makar. Yep. He has a couple others as well. What happened to the others? Let's see. Because Makar was the fourth son, right? So. Yeah. He was very. Well, here we go. Eris is, Eris is the second son. Who was the first, who was the first son that, oh, I mean, okay, Baylor died. So Eris is the second son. Makar is the fourth. So there's a third son in there that, uh. Now, die. Eris was like hella bookish, right? Yeah. He didn't imagine he would be king. And then, uh. And then Rhaegal. And he yeah. was crazy. And he was the one who... He was, might have failed to consummate his He marriage, was the one that yeah. danced naked through the palace a lot, I think. <laughs> did, he, so, did he? Yeah. Um, yeah. Poor Baylor never got to take the throne. So then we get Makar on the throne. Makar was just kind of a little a little bitter, right? Makar is like an earlier form of Stannis, actually. I kind of saw a bit of Stannis in him, like... He wasn't. He had some good things about him, but he also was like complaining nobody liked him. And sorry, and I forgot. Stuff, so. Eris did actually take the throne, but that was um, yeah. that was really just Bloodraven driving, right? Yeah. yeah, Bloodraven was a powerful force there as hand. So, but who was the third son here? Let's that was see. Rhaegal, the, the one that was Mac- Anthony. Yeah, okay, died. it's okay. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, right. But yeah, he he had uh, died choking to death on a lamprey pie, actually, and. Um, <laughs> Because Eris didn't have any kids, and so Rhaegal died choking on Lambert Pie, which people think that Blood Raven was responsible for that. Huh. Choking to dead, uh, death while eating a pie. That doesn't sound like Right, exactly. <laughs> Rhaegal, uh, dancing naked as he was, still managed to have a son. And he... <laughs> well, he was naked, yeah. right? So he... That's usually how it worked. <laughs> he was doing some dancing of a few types. Yeah. He uh, died uh, just murdered by his wife, I guess. Let's see here. Yeah. And this was a weird little story that I don't think I'd heard before, but he was slain in a grotesque mishap by the hand of his own twin sister and wife, Elora, under circumstances that left her mad with grief. And then she was that murdered later, um, which is an even weirder situation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who the hell are the rat, the hawk, and the pig? They kill a few people. Right? Important people. Yeah. They're like mentions tangentially, but I think they killed uh, somebody else as well. But doesn't he have kids, though, right? Hmm. So I guess I'm I'm looking at this and I'm I am looking at um, an interesting because this is this is not what I'm looking at on um, the Wiki of Ice and Fire because the Wiki of Ice and Fire yeah. I think has Rhaegal married to Lady Alice Arryn. Huh. Well, maybe they, they, it was a change in this when they released it, or he was married twice. I just want to make sure I'm not messing up my Targaryens yeah. here, but I have Rhaegar married to Alice Arryn with three kids. Elora, Elora, and Nora. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. We're talking about Rhaegal's sons. So yeah, no, this this is correct. Yeah. His son was killed in a mishap. Right, Elora and Elora, yeah. and they don't tell you what that mishap was. The rat, the hawk, and that's interesting. I wonder if we're going to learn more about that later. 
Um, but anyway, so Rhaegal does have one more surviving child, right? Princess Daenora Targaryen, but they pass over her. So basically, just yeah, everything over, sucks, yeah. and Makar yeah. gets the throne. And we remember him from Dunkin' Egg, right? Because the, when Baylor dies is in the Hedge Knight. When Baylor breaks, Bear dies yeah. at that tourney and Makar takes the throne at that time. The yeah. next time we go back and revisit the Dunkin' Egg novellas, at that point, the Great Spring Sickness had taken birth, so... Yeah. Another reason why I say he's like Stannis is, I mean, he actually does listen to Dunk and he does agree with him. He does. He's like grinding but his yeah, teeth he, and he mad about it. He's open be, to the idea. He's real bitter and grind his teeth a lot. So yeah, he does seem yeah, like Stannis a lot in that respect. And he did yeah. love Baylor Breakspear. And that was something that really yeah. resonated with me at the end of Hedge Knight that Makar said, you know, people are going to whisper that I meant to kill my brother, but yeah. it's definitely not the case. Uh, so I think he was a decent king, but he died prematurely. Right. So, or was killed. So. Again, what? Blood Raven, right? <laughs> well, this time I think he died in uh, a revolt. We may actually see that in one of the Duncan Egg stories. Like he's killed by some rebel lord. Um, so this is really when Aegon Five takes over. That's her boy, Egg. Egg. Yay. The best. Yeah. My favorite. Unlikely. Yeah. And that's we're really getting to the end of the Targaryens then. Just just breezing through this. Yeah. But yeah, I mean we've talked about Egg time and time again on this podcast over and over again as we've gone through the Duncan Egg novellas, but definitely feel like he was up there with the kings that really brought something to the realm. Again, yeah. because he had spent his entire childhood riding around the hedge knight and seeing the small folk and getting a view of the kingdom that no other Targaryen king had. Also, I'm sorry yeah. about my dog on the background here. Um okay. but He's close to a five lemon caker as well. Then. Yeah, I think so. But again, he's one of the yeah. uh, one of the kings that died way too early. And and we had touched on this before in the previous episode when we talked about some things that we had lifted from our reading just um, on first glance. Yeah. But it was the tragedy of Summer Hall, and that was Aegon Five wanting to bring dragons back. Well, I wouldn't say he's necessarily. I mean, he was relatively old when he died. Like he had a long re- rule, but it just died in tragic circumstances. Was he? How old was he then? Let's see. When did he? When did he get into power? Around two thirty-three. Then he died around two fifty-nine. So that's like a decent rule. Yeah, you're probably right. I guess I just thought it was. Yeah, yeah. His his only problem was one was his sons. He wasn't able to. He should have been a little tougher on them to get them to marry. Uh, you know, for political reasons, at least one of them need, needed to. Yeah, so he died when he and was like two, and he so that is actually so. pretty yeah. yeah. I guess it's not because Dunk. Dunk was even older, too. He was a badass old. He was like Baristan of his mm-hmm. times. Um, and then, you know, I think Egg really bucked tradition, named his son Dunk, so. Yeah, mm. he had to. I mean, he not, I'm going to name my kids Dunk. This is all of them, <laughs> all, all of my children the same name. Dunk one, Dunk two, and Dunk three. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, so we don't we get any make... new information about Summerall. So. No, but we talked about that last time. No, that's the missing. Blotted, yeah. the ink blotted. Uh... We do get a lot. I mean, a lot of stuff about his life here, though. Like these, these could be. I, mean, I guess I don't know, all the Duncan's egg stories probably go right up to his coronation. Do you think, or do you think they were planning I don't to go know further? That they would go into his rule. Yeah, but I mean, Makor dying could be in one of the stories. Then mm-hmm. dealing with that, so. Yeah. It's weird to read about this, think about Egg just in the novellas as we've been reading him just as like this uh, bratty little 10-year-old and thinking about him as a king yeah. and being a grandfather. It's like a weird thing that's yeah. hard. Well, Duncan is a badass. Like, Duncan is kicking ass all over the place in the, later on. Like, he learned to fight properly at some point. Um, but after after Egg dies, then his son Jaehaerys, uh, Jaehaerys II, and that is Dany's grandfather. So... He, He's okay. His reign is mostly blighted by uh, the like the nine penny kings, right? Yeah, but they deal with them. They actually actively go and attack them. 
So there's yeah, the, the words and, and malice the monstrous. Yeah. Um, Brendan, uh, uh, your favorite picture, maybe. My right? favorite picture here, uh, <laughs> disgusting. But yeah, this is when Barrison really proves himself as Drew. And, but this is Brendan Tully too. He makes his name in this, correct? That's true. I think I think he. I think so. Let's see. Mm. That's where the other Tully, uh, or is it his, his dad? I think this, this war indirectly leads to Littlefinger being uh, mm-hmm. sent to Riverrun. I think is was like due to connections made during this this war. As a favor, he sent to Riverrun. And he died short illness, complaining of a sudden shortness of breath. Thirty-seven years old. There may be something to this uh, Targaryens <laughs> having poor constitution thing, but um, which is the opposite of them being resistant yeah, to yeah. diseases. <laughs> It's like it flips one or the other. I think maybe it's like one way or the other. They're either really weak to it or they're really strong depending on the particular birth. Yeah, it's, it's one or the other, right? Either greatness or madness yeah. and either, you know, long life like the old community or diarrhea weakness. to death when you're like 27, <laughs> apparently. So, yeah, sounds like a poor lot to draw from. But after Jaehaerys, um, kind of a short section there, but mostly about the War of the Nine Penny Kings. Then we get Ares II. And um, and really, this is, this is the end. This is the end of the Targaryen lineage. So... So you got to give him a zero because he end, causes the end. So, although he starts out okay, but he just he can never commit to anything. He's like, I'm going to build a giant wall and I'm going to do this and like do that, and he doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah. He again is a little bit like Maegor the Cruel, right? Because he starts off not as insane and just it slowly deteriorates over time, right? He doesn't even have the dragon to back him up. That's the problem. He's just. Well, I guess that's better that he gets. How long was his reign? Uh, I think it's relatively long, actually, because Tywin was handed for twenty yeah. years. So. so, so he started at two sixty-two, and then um, two seventy-seven. The madness started happening, yeah. and so then it looks like the fall happens in two two eighty-one. He should have died at Duskendale. Is what would yeah, have worked almost out twenty years better. If he died there, then Rhaegar wouldn't take it from. But yeah, that is sums up the Targaryen lineage. I know we didn't go deeply into each of those chapters, but we have talked about the Targaryens quite a bit over the length of our podcast. So I would say top three kings, Jaehaerys, the first, uh, Aegon, and what do you guys think? Sorry, Aegon five, my boy Aeg. Um, Ares the, the Conqueror? Second. I think you have to say Aegon one as well because he got it all started. Aegon one. And uh, he, he had... Jaehaerys one. He was conciliatory at times and stuff. And he was, I mean, he was smart enough to make peace at a certain point with Dorne. He didn't keep going at it, so he knew when to make peace. But I really do like the way it's all come together looking at this timeline because I feel like over the course of the novels proper, we hear so much about this Targaryen or that Targaryen or references to Baylor the Blessed and these things. Um, But it's nice to see them one after another and, you know, just kind of laid out like this because I think it's easy to get them mixed up one after another and then just forget ones that didn't even matter. Like, um... That's actually one of the big reasons to read this book, or at least the things that come out of it. You'll get that mastery over their the Targaryen line. If you read just the basic books, often you don't yeah. get that. Right. Exactly. Like, We've been piecing it together yeah. from the Duncan Egg novellas and yeah. you know family trees, but it is nice to see each of the kings one after another and their accomplishments. So I, I really enjoyed this section, as yeah. I knew I would. Um, and just get the information about the conquest. And we know how the Targaryen line falls. So... Yes. I think me. that about does it. That's oh, what yeah, I did. Sorry. Hold on. I freaking read these five pages. With your reams of knowledge. The, shut the fuck up. <laughs> the fall of the dragon. We all know how that happened. 
No. Done. End of story. Um, well, I, uh, we all know we all know this that in the year of the false spring, there was the tourney at Harren Hall where we got the Night of the Laughing Tree and all that jazz, where Rhaegar won, and he ended up naming Lyanna the what exactly is it? The goddess of love and beauty or something? Or the, the queen of love and beauty. And then uh, and then directly right after that, he ends up, quote unquote, kidnapping her. And we get Robert's Rebellion, where he ends up killing Rhaegar at the Trident. And then the sack at King's Landing. And that is the fall of the dragons, pretty much. Uh, there was one interesting thing that I was curious about where you guys stood on this. But um, they mentioned during the tourney at Harrenhal, the year of the false spring, and how... Uh, uh, went did not have the money to put on such a lavish event and that there was there was a shadow host of the entire thing and the book says they think it was Rhaegar uh, who was the shadow host who wanted this together as a means to cover up uh, getting everyone together so that he could uh, conspire to get rid of his father because he knew how crazy his father was and I was wondering if you guys believe that or not hmm um, I, I don't know if it was Rhaegar or not, but I definitely think there was stuff going on at the tournament. We know that at tournaments and weddings, like at the weddings in the, the Blackfire story, Mystery Night, things go on, those things, like this kind of plotting. So I think they were using the tournament for that point, and they're surprised to see the king come there. But I, I don't know if Rhaegar was actively involved at that point. Yeah, yeah, I wonder, because uh, this book definitely makes, it think, like, makes me think that that was the case, that Rhaegar wanted to get his father off the throne because he just knew how awful he was. I think he would have been open to the suggestion if, if they mentioned it to him. Like, if Eris hadn't showed up and they told him, he probably would have listened. Hmm. Would have, yeah, I think he definitely, he, at some point, he would have. I think, in fact, he was going to later. In, like, when the actual rebellion happened, he came back and he told Jamie, when I get back, I'm going to have to do some changes. I think he meant he was going to take over yeah. formally, but he never came back. Very interesting. When I first read it, I was like, and they mentioned how um, Tywin Lannister was not, at the tourney, uh, the only big wig hmm. that wasn't there, pretty much. And when they mentioned the shadow host, it got me thinking. I was like, "Oh, well, Tywin Lannister," because this event eventually leads to the downfall of Targaryens. But I think it's a little too far fetched to think that Tywin had this all master planned from the tourney right. to the sack. Yeah. Hmm. So it would have been a much better transition. It would have just been going to Rhaegar, at least for the Targaryen point of view. That wraps up your chapter. Yes, Mimi. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have to do... Um, you talk about your stuff all night. I can't even talk about my five pages. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. But I did cover Ashley's sex for her and everything, you guys. I held Here's it together cookie. this time. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so there we are. Unfortunately, we lost our guests midway yeah, through. Yeah, who that. were really good. Yeah. And, um, it was a shame that Paul dropped them, but I think we muddled through the rest of it all right. What happened? How come they haven't come yeah. back? They're having net problems. They just messaged me, so they're. They just messaged me. They said they didn't like Kyle, and that's why they left. Oh, Kyle, you were being lecherous. Like you were being like. I I wasn't even talking most of that episode. Yeah, because your eyes are busy. I think my eyes rolled into the back of my head because I didn't know what the hell was. (laughs) Sounds like me during every podcast. Um, But yeah, solid, solid start to World of Ice and Fire. So uh, next episode, we're going to get further into the middle of the book. I think we're going to probably do this deep dive in three episodes, right? Yeah. So as long as it takes. I think that is the plan. Hopefully uh, we'll be able to get Ashley on for her thoughts in the next section. And obviously we're not going through like with a fine tooth comb going word by word for this. But uh, our our hosts, who our co-hosts who did leave us today, um, they I know they're going to be doing episodes on probably like five hour long episodes 
episodes on every single page. So um, you guys should definitely check out their podcast, The History of Westeros, um, as well. That's not really cool, actually, that they're specifically um, dedicated to the history of Westeros. That is a very fascinating topic, and there is a lot to cover, apparently, as this book is telling me. Um, So I think that's about it. Do you want to wrap up the episode, Amin? Yeah, the uh, holidays are on the corner. Just wanted to note that the podcast store on our website is available for your Amazon and other shopping needs. Thanks for joining us. Uh, as usual, check us out at podcastadviceandfire.com, on Twitter at APOIAF, on DeviantArt. We're on Tumblr as well. And we'll see you next time. Adios. We need to actually do our chapters. I think we have some chapters promised for Storm of Swords. Oh, that's true. And uh, it's almost done. If we if we do, I'm going to try to do mine over the holiday. It'll be ready for next year. We'll take it to George again. Oh, God. So. <laughs> it was a good recording, though. It was good. All right. Let me know if you want my copy, I mean. Okay. I haven't updated my software, so you're probably not going to want one. Yeah. I think mine might be okay, but just yeah, okay. let me know, okay? I'll, I'll be at a party tomorrow, know. but if, uh, probably over the weekend I can get it to you. Yeah, I probably wouldn't be able to edit till the weekend okay. anyway, so I got the other two to work on. I think I'll release it. It was good talking to you. Time. Guys. It was good. Yeah. Bye, y'all. Bye. Later. Okay, bye. Cheers. Hello. Hey, yeah. Kyle, are you still there? You don't play Hearthstone anymore, right? Uh, I haven't you, you in quite some time. Yeah, because today, just today, the new expansion came out. Oh, it's pretty crazy. Like all these new cards. Yeah, it is pretty yeah, crazy. Yeah, I haven't played much lately, and Smash Brothers just came out, and that's like my favorite game ever. Made. So uh, my, yeah. my focus is elsewhere. <laughs> It just sucks that you can't play the, the Game of Thrones game yet. Yeah, like, I'm a little disappointed by that. I thought, uh, yeah, I don't know. But uh, it probably won't be delayed for too long. Telltale Games seem to be on top of things. But yeah, we'll, see. Yeah. We'll, have to do, we'll have to do like a short like review episode when that when we both get to play it. Yeah, I don't even. I mean, I I, I can play it. I may I'll take a look at it this weekend and see because I'm sure we can all play. It, like it's you can make you can play it as many times as you want, right? It doesn't like yeah. Game. I don't know if like so might, if yeah. you start a game and you don't finish it. If I go to play it, if I start from where you're starting, or if I can restart it, and then if I restart it when you go back to play it, okay. you. I'm sure you can. You absolutely can restart it. It just might be you might lose the progress, but I don't particularly I think care. I might what I'm do planning on one. doing and what they suggest on the website yeah. is playing it through in, t- in its entirety. Uh, it's about it's about in two and a half go. hours long. Yeah, okay. So I'm just waiting for a period where yeah. I have that block of time and I'm just going to play the whole thing. Yeah, I might do that as well. I'm not in particular rush to play so, it. So that way, time. once I play, like it doesn't matter. <coughs> but all right, sounds good. Good, but I mean, it's nice that we get these review yeah, stuff, absolutely. right? Absolutely. So we'll keep absolutely. Okay. Great. Nice work, sir. Talk to you later, man. All right, Cheers. man. Have a good one.